Yes, hello, I am James Rodens, and today it's the WNR 429. It's WWE Money in the Bank 2022, and we are live for the pre-show. But I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side for every AEW and WWE pay-per-view, it is, of course, Jack C. How you doing? What up, everyone? Hello, hello. Oh, it's great to have you here. Are you because usually we get the kind of Jekyll and Hyde of you <laughs> when it comes to WWE and AEW events. But what, how are you feeling going into this one? The best word is probably apprehensive. <laughs> right now, I'm unsure as to which one you'll get. Um, I'm sure we'll see soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cannot wait. Like I said, we're glad that you're here. Up next, our resident NXT and New Japan expert, and the most loved man in WNR podcast history. It is Monty. How's it going, man? Doing good. After that introduction, you picked me up a little bit. You picked me up a little bit. But, you know, I'm happy to be here. Another review down. You know, uh, it's been a very, very big summer in wrestling, and I'm ready to continue to break stuff down with you guys. Let's go. That last, but by no means least, and I quote... The great Winston Churchill, because he says true genius resides in the capacity evaluation of uncertain, hazardous, and conflicting information. And with that, I welcome WNR's own genius. It is Gina. How are you feeling today? Hey, thanks for having me on again. I'm I'm doing better than a few days ago. I'm still a bit ill, so I may have to cut off to have a coughing fit. But uh, aside from that, I'm good. Oh, no, it's great to have you. And like we said, we have keep getting together, you know, like we said with the Forbidden Door uh, last weekend and our midweek review show. And now back again for Money in the Bank. We're going to review Raw and SmackDown since Hen the Cell, plus AW Blood and Guts, latest news with a deep dive into Vince and, of course, predictions. Uh, but we're going to start by celebrating 20 years of Impact Wrestling by looking at Slammiversary, which was uh, June 19th. Now, Monty, I know you got a little bit of experience with Impact because I forced you to review Bound for Glory last year. <laughs> true, true. I remember that. I was definitely forced into it. Ended but, up being a good time. Well... Well said. So, you know, and maybe there'll be a few experiences with wrestlers here. Uh, Jaxie, what is your experience with Impact Wrestling or even TNA for the past 20 years? Yeah, it, it's quite minimal, I must admit. that That's where I come back. I've watched one or two. Um, I watched last year's Bound for, for Glory. Um, I didn't watch this year's one, though. Um, so, yeah, you'll have to, you guys will have to catch me up with that. Yeah, and Gina, what about you with Impact or TNA? Anything from back in the day? No, not a clue. Not a clue. Right, excellent. Well, the good thing about Impact is that it wants to be a mini WWE anyway. Well, that's what the Ultimate One always used to say. We have got uh, the Drama King, Matt Raywall, and uh, the former Tom Phillips on commentary. Uh, and our first match for the digital media title, Rich Swan beating Brian Myers. Now... I like both of these guys, but it seems an age ago that Rich Swan was the world champion versus Kenny Omega. Uh, I think that was only last year. If was that right, Monty? Was that only last year that happened? Because it, it seems like a lifetime ago. It's, I was about to say it feels like 
a decade ago. Uh, I, I think it was probably early last year. Either way it goes, whenever Kenny was still active. Yeah. That's how long it's been. Cause it's been a while since Kenny was even active. So it's, it's, that should put it in perspective. It seems weird because let alone Rich Swan and 205 Live, which again is a, a millennium ago when it comes to wrestling, but solid pro wrestling there as well. Uh, but the question is, and I'll ask you, Jaxie, with this, of course, Brian Myers, the former Kurt Hawkins, is he always going to be in the shadow of Matt Cardona? Because even after the release, it seems that he might be hanging on to his coattails a little bit. Sorry, who are you asking that to? Are you asking... Jack, so you, I mean, with the Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins thing. Oh, I I kind of don't know much about that situation, to be honest. Because <laughs> it seems to me it's a bit weird that they kind of... Yeah, we know that Matt Cardona's won, not the NWA well title since then, but when it comes to Brian Myers, he's kind of stuck there. Uh, we'll move on, though, to the reverse Battle Royal. And in this match, we had Sharp Boy, Johnny Swinger, Zicky Dice, Chris Bay, David Young, Shearer, uh, Butcher Gira, Crazy Steve, Aiden Prince, Nate Webb, Mike Jackson. Now, Mike Jackson was 72, or is 72 years old. So it's really weird seeing him in this match. He back with Chase Stevens and Slash. Uh, this is a reverse battle royal. Anybody doesn't know, they start on the outside and have to go over mm-hmm. the top rope mm-hmm. to get in. Uh, so <laughs> the final, mm-hmm. <laughs> final competitors are Sharp. Classic, classic. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, Sharp Boy and Johnny Swinger were the last two with Sharp Boy getting a win. Um, James, it should be called Whale Boy now with the bit of weight he's put on, to be fair to him. Uh, but we see James Mitchell yeah, showing up with Slash, who was on the first TNA show. This is like, Impact doesn't mind its past, if it would be good or bad. Uh, but if we're talking about match types we'd want to bring back from any time, Gina, I'll ask you this question. What match type that we haven't used for a while would you bring back? Because so, for me, I'd probably bring back like something like Buried Alive. Um, that's a good question, actually. I was going to say bra and panties match. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. To be fair, I think a Buried Alive match would be nice to bring back. I haven't seen one one in a very long time. It does give you nostalgia thoughts. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that I've enjoyed in the past, but mainly they've all been, you know, TLC-type matches, which are kind of still going about. Mm. I mean, I used to love the old-school... hardcore matches you know for the hardcore belt they just used to always be so random take place wherever in the stadium and it would actually be fun and relevant rather than you know 24 7 nonsense Mm. so um maybe something if it was if it was you know along the same lines as a hardcore match then yeah that yeah, I always enjoyed the, the championship scramble. I know they only ever had a couple in like WWE history, but I thought, I think it was one point the Brian Kendrick was like the WWE champion, only in the match. But you know, just imagine a weird situation now where Ricochet mm-hmm. could actually be that, even if it wasn't official for like two minutes. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a fun match. That's what I, at first, before I kind of uh, caught on, that's what I thought. The New Japan match, uh, we were talking with Yano and, I mean, not with Yano, but Taichi and Shingo. That's what I thought they were doing at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was you know, a... I'm just going to ask you, 
add my um my point into this as well and just say I actually would like the mixed match challenge to come back. I know that's more recent, but I really enjoyed it. So I'd quite like a mixed match challenge uh to, uh, to come back. Yeah, I think, like I said, there's a loads of epic matches that are out there. And to Impact's credit, they've got quite a few. And they've got the Ultimate X match to start off. We had an epic 20-year promo to start. And it was 20 years to the day the pay-per-view aired from when their first ever show in Nashville as well. We started with the X Division Championship with Ace Austin, Kenny King, Andrew Everett, Alex Zane, Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel. Uh we saw Bailey becoming the new X Division champion. The Speedball had to wait five years in Canada uh, to get over to America to be able to wrestle, and he has indeed uh, made an impact. Uh, with the talent involved there, Monty, it would be no surprise to tell you that this was an awesome match with Everett replacing Jack Evans, who actually took the bump of the match off the structure to the mat. Uh, Ace had just signed a new contract, so I was a little bit surprised he lost the title. But looks like Speedball's on uh, is the teacher's pet, and Alex Zane, for no one that's not seen him, says he's a non-jacked Buddy Murphys. But the action was exquisite. I must have said fucking hell about five times, and there was a Canadian straw off the top <laughs> tray to Zane. Um, the question is though about this, and I'll ask you, Monty, first: Did the X Division change professional wrestling? Um. Uh, I- you know, I did think I do think it added an element. A lot of the stuff that we see all the time now in professional wrestling really started to make it known, uh, make itself known in the uh, in TNA in the X division. So you know, a lot of guys like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, a lot of the things that they started to lay down in the X division in the mid mid two thousands. We used to get on free TV all the time with Impact, and now we see all of their greatest hits done across every promotion. So I think that's a great, I think it's a fair argument you can make. They definitely changed the game and helped evolve uh, that style of pro wrestling that we were used to in the 2000s from WWE. They kind of evolved it and kind of mixed the independent style with their own flair and kind of made kind of more, more of what we see athletically in wrestling today. Well, we see Scott Hudson returning as an interviews, the Impact Originals. Con Sting remembers his time in Impact Wrestling. Now, if anybody listening remembers Sting, for me, it was Joker Sting. Now, does anybody here know or remember Joker Sting? I never watched the actual run of it, but I've heard great things about it. And I've seen, like, the imagery of him painted up. He was fully committed. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It's Heath Ledger meets Sting. That's how good it was. We'll move on to Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie defeating the Knockouts World Tag Team Champions of Influence, uh, which was Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood. Of course, um, Ty, since returning from NXT, has beaten Diona for the Reina de Reina's title and now uh, won tag gold. Both women have been the backbone, but credit to Rosemary, who's got the love and respect of the Impact fans. Madison Rain's first Impact match was back in 2009, the 106-day Rain was over. And for Tanil and Myers, could be a bigger star as well. The former Emma in WWE, if she ever really wants to try. I say ever try, that's a bit harsh, but seems she's quite happy in impact to the tag team. Well, I think there's a lot of star potential there. Kurt Angle then congratulates Impact on 20 incredible years. And then we had Sammy Callahan defeating Moose 
in a monsters ball. Now, Sammy Callahan and John Moxley uh, used to be tag team partners in the day. So <laughs> if you can, you know, if you know Moxley's style, Sammy Callahan is very, very similar. Uh, we saw so much crazy shit in this one. It's unbelievable. Uh, Moose going through two tables to the outside off the top. Both men covered in blood. Uh, but luckily for Moose, it was all Sammy's. Sammy got spine busted off the top through thumbtacks and got DVD through a barbed wire table. Callahanlo uh, hit third pile driver on thumbtacks to take out Moose. Uh, like I said, this is crazy stuff. Have you heard of Sammy Callahan, Monty? Yes, he's uh, you know, I remember his run in NXT before he had to, you know, get out of. Uh, I, I remember when he got released, and I, I remember his run. He never really got a chance to achieve much down there, but I've seen that he's been able to reinvent himself and establish himself as a force in Impact. And uh, he's always one of the most physical in the ring, like you mentioned, with his past with Moxley. Also, him and Moose, man, they, they tried to kill each other in this match. <laughs> like, I, this is the clips that I saw circulating on social media all through, uh, not only when this happened, but since this, this show. So, uh, you know, they, you know, went for it all. They went I think they had like a boiler room storyline going. They was locked in a boiler room before this, the preceding 24 hours without food or water. And I was like, really? Like, it, it was really, they had social media updates. They had uh, they had dehydration being blamed when Moose slipped off the middle rope. Like, it was just all types of little, little things that made this match even more brutal. And don't get me started on the thumbtacks and just... Like you said, when my the we things we see Moxley is willing to do and put himself body to through put his body through and put other people through, Sammy Callahan is right right there next to him. Yep. Uh, this is brutal, man. This is brutal. Yeah, without that, like I said, really, really good stuff. Uh then we had the Good Brothers defeating the Briscoes, uh, to become new Impact World Tag Team Champions. Now their contracts, the Good Brothers contracts are up. This month, so is it is it is interesting they become three time champions. I said the Good Brothers seem more motivated in Japan. Two years since they showed up. Credit to the Briscoes, though they've tried since they've been here the past couple of months. But Gallo's always bringing it down. Um, what is going on with the Good Brothers, Monty? Because I thought they would be moving off to Japan. But is the relationship with Impact continuing? I guess. I mean, if, yeah, with this decision, I, I you know, I, I agree. I have to, to think that they they must still be involved with each other. Uh, I'm, I was I was under the same impression that they were going to probably be uh, at least spending more time in Japan. But you know, Japan does they do really uh, have a tour schedule, so I'm pretty you know Japan they've always been flexible when it comes to uh, impact. So maybe it'll be more of a flexible relationship, and uh, they'll continue to go back and forth. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, you watch more Impact than me. Are you are you officially tired of them yeah. in Impact? Because I know one <laughs> thing. It seems like this is their default in the tag division. Like since they've gotten there, it's like ah, don't know what to do with the belt. Ah, let's just put it. You know, give it back to Gallows. Give it back to the Good Brother. So yeah, they've not worked. I don't know. You know, the Good Brothers haven't worked in Impact because they've just. I mean, they had the Kenny Omega uh, when he was world champion. They were kind of his lack for doing that. On impact, and now now it's part of the Bullet Club, but now they've turned face, so it's kind yeah. of weird what's wow. going on with the kind of rest <laughs> exactly with the rest of the things. So, uh, but speaking of tag teams, we did have James Storm and Chris Harris, otherwise known as America's Most Wanted, making their yeah, return. 
Uh, they shared a beer with the good brothers and Briscoes. Uh, Harris had water, which was nice to see. Uh, the first proper <laughs> TNA tag team. They then honoured the voices of TNA wrestling, Mike Tenay and Don West. Don is sadly fighting cancer at this moment in time. Yeah. We see Christy as a special guest ring announcer. Coach Damore calls from Team Canada. And former TNA president Dixie Carter returned to introduce the final <laughs> member of Impact Originals, which was Eddie, Ed- Eddie Edwards' former tag team partner, Davey Richards. We also saw Tracy Brooks jump the guardrail, neutralising Maria at ringside, as on and no more battled the Impact Originals. But the, the, ma- the moment of this match was D'Lo Brown, who <laughs> has been attacked by <laughs> on and no more, came out, not only hit a sky high, Nearly broke his neck yeah. to the top, but hit the frog splash. And then what made it even more special, El Hebner um, making the free count, uh, coming back, uh, obviously, in the weekend that he lost his brother and counting the free there. But let's go D-Lo. There was a lot of Easter eggs, of course, the American Wolves going against each other, the Hebner tribute, and even crazier, MLW, AW, NWA, all on the same team. But this was really fun. But that is a forbidden door open there, Monty, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a forbidden door. But it's also just, if you've been watching Impact over the years, like over these 20 years, it had a lot of, like you said, callbacks and a lot of, uh, you know, references in there with the Impact originals. And then when you have Honor No More, like you said, these cross-promotional type of teams and all of that, this is, like you said, a forbidden door in itself. And, you know, Impact doesn't always get the credit. I see there's a lot of legions of Impact fans out there who love their Impact. And they they, they definitely always make sure to let it be known that they should be mentioned uh, with the rest of the major promotions. And matches like this, moments like this are why. They do have uh, an awesome history. And I thought this was cool. I really thought this was cool. Uh, I honestly, when I first heard about that, I was I, I kind of thought Dixie was going to announce EC3. But, you know, other than that, I lose <laughs> There's a couple of wrestlers that didn't get mentioned, and EC3 was one of them. But then again, because he's trying to create his own narrative, I suppose. Yeah, he's doing his own thing. Yeah, you know, certain <laughs> things. Uh, but speaking of former TNA uh, wrestlers, the biggest one, I suppose, AJ Styles uh, wished Impact a happy anniversary and kind of what it meant to him there. And I thought it was, it was lovely that AJ managed was allowed, shall we say, <laughs> to do a two-minute video, even a <laughs> right. three-minute video, just because of the imp- uh, literal impact of AJ Styles and TNA go hand in hand. That's what got me into it back in the day, you know? I agree. One of the faces, if not the, the face, and single-handedly the biggest star, you know, that was, like, made in TNA, mm. he's probably the biggest one to come out of that and, you know, still you know, have that status of AJ Styles. If it wasn't for this running impact, would impact still even be here? Right, and anybody wants to go watch a match off the back of this, if you're AJ Styles, go watch No Surrender 2005, AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe in a triple threat match. So, Samoa Joe? Yeah. You, you can thank me later. Incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had Knockouts World Champion Tasha Stills. Uh, going against uh, Deanna Pratso, 
Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace and Mia Yim in the Queen of the Mountain match for the knockouts title. Mickey James is special guest enforcer. And these rules are so easy to follow. Uh, obviously, you become eligible via pinfall or submission. You can win a match by climbing the ladder and hanging the world title high above the ring. But whoever is pinned or submitted during the duration of the match must enter the penalty box for two minutes. Nice and simple. Grace pins Stills follow Grace Driver to send her to the penalty <laughs> box. And Grace hangs up the Knockouts World title to win the match and become the new champion. But I say, what a group of talented individuals. Me and him with a couple of incredible uh, dives here. But the the match just didn't work. Mickey James cost uh, Chelsea Green. And Deona and Green took uh, what I call the WrestleMania 17 TLC bump, uh, where they both went off the ladder from the ring to the outside, which again is incredible to see. Uh, and then we see Goldilocks, the first backstage interviewer uh, for Impact. It's been a rough 20 years for Goldie, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 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 oh, you know, all respect. And then the main event was the Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander, defeating Eric Young. Um, it's a fourth slam of event for Eric Young who might just be the most underrated wrestler ever. I mean, I liked Sanity back in the day. Even before that, jumping at his pyro. Of course, Josh Alexander is a top-class worker who has also kind of done a Brett in Impact. Well, he has done a Brett in Impact. And what I mean by that is Slammiversary 2020, he retained the tag titles when he was with Ethan Page as the North. In 2021, Slammiversary retained the X Division Championship. And now this year, retaining the world title event as for the match well we had jeff jarrett stroke followed by abyss's black hole slam christopher daniel's best ever moonsault we had the styles clash and an ankle lock submission the kurt angle olympic slam uh young pulled out a guitar to smash over alexander's head but alexander still did it with c4 spike uh on the wood with the ring being exposed to get the win what a match this was you talk up 20 years of impact wrestling into one match they did it here really brisk pace overall on the card felt like we had big matches throughout all delivered as well i'm gonna give it nine and a quarter out of uh, ten but beautiful but the worrying thing we talk about impact there looking at the buy rate and attendance figure with a pay-per-view now jaxi i know you might not have a clue but how many people do you think bought slammiversary just any guess. Um, do you know what I'm gonna say? Like twenty thousand. Yep, that's because that's a fair been... enough. Fair enough guesstimation. I think Forbidden Door got a hundred thousand buys, so that'd be fair to say. Well, Slammiversary got between one thousand two hundred and one thousand four hundred <laughs> buys. That is it. Now, <laughs> I'm not having a go at Impact here, Ugh. but consider. 10 times that for a kind of live show i i get i know people not buying this but still it's it seems that 22 percent of those uh, who order slammiversary purchase double or nothing uh well 14 percent order the one day of wrestlemania uh gina do you want to guess the attendance for the people in the show <laughs> um let's go with 995 do you know what? That's close. 526 people attended the show. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
That is the thing. So me, well, me talking about impact there has given it bigger exposure than the actual pay per views. So I'm quite, I'm quite pleased about that in a way. But um, doing good work. Yeah, Monty, that's incredible <laughs> numbers, isn't it? Like that is bad. Wow. <laughs> they have loyal fans, though. I will say that. You know, I just didn't think it was that. Low of amount of a number of that's a big show to have that type of numbers on. Yeah. But I don't know. That's the only reason why I kind of feel bad. It's like their biggest show, and they did all of that special stuff for twenty years, and then you know to hear that that's kind of disheartening, man. Because I know they worked hard. Yeah, I mean, if I it was like, be... <laughs> yeah, say if it was like the old or the, the new ECW or something like that, I can understand. But the product. The product's really, really great at this moment in time, but it's just not bringing the fans in, and I don't know why. Yeah. But I'm sure if we knew the answer to that, then professional wrestling would be completely different. I'm sure there's <laughs> hundreds <laughs> of promoters who have asked that question, you know? Yeah, I don't necessarily know what it is. Because like I said, they have the history. Uh, I don't know if it's just a brand name. Do people just not want to... Do not, people not care about Impact anymore? Uh, besides that loyal base of people who've always watched it or, you know, who stuck with it. I don't know. It's just rough. I don't, it's like I said, I know, like you said, the work and the talent is there, but promotion, all the other stuff that makes a show, you know, be become popular. I don't know. I don't know what they're missing. No, no honestly, the talent is there. Like I said, it's just, there is something there. And I don't know what the answer is, uh, but that is impact at 20 years. Move on to news. Um, we've got the latest arrivals, and we were all worried that WWE hadn't signed any former MMA stars recently. But don't worry, because they have now signed uh, Valerie Lareda, uh Bellator, who is the first Cuban-American woman to sign with WWE, and of course retiring from her MMA career. She'll officially begin with W on July 18th. Um, so, Jaxie, this can only be a good thing. I mean, I want to say yes, but let's look at their kind of current track record with those that they have, like, sort of secured from, like, other promotions as well. Like, you know, we, we had the likes of... Uh, Jessamine Duke and Shireen, uh, Marina Shafir that were kind of both featured on there and nothing's happened with them. We were kind of like promised like a really great run with Shayna. Nothing's really happened with that. I'm just a bit apprehensive of this. I hope they use her well. I mean, I'm interested to see what she's got and what she can bring, but I'm apprehensive going into this. I think that, uh, well, there was a lot of apprehension from me recently as well, when we talk about departures or potential departures, uh, and the big story was about Io Shirai, who has not signed her newest WWE contract. She will be a free agent at, at the end of next month if she doesn't sign a new deal. She's told people in Japan that her contract was up. She wants to return, be closer with her family. Monty, this is like a dagger in her heart. Yeah, you know, uh, especially if you, uh, if you really, especially as reviewers of NXT, people who have, uh, you know, have to watch the promotion and all of that, and all she's done down in, in NXT, uh, it's definitely gonna be 
Like I can understand why this this hurts. And like I said, if I'm WWE, I'm big and I have a blank check. I'm doing everything I can because they they don't necessarily have the the deepest women's roster anyway. And the fact that you can have someone like Io Shirai, who could possibly never even debut on your main roster, much like you know Adam Cole or something like that, it's just I don't I don't I, I, I it just sucks. I don't necessarily understand. Uh, the situation, but I get it. If she wants to go back home and she wants to do her thing, go back to maybe possibly wrestle with Kyrie again and stardom or do whatever she wants to do around the world or just be with her family. That's all, you know, perfectly normal. That's out of our control. That's out of WWE's control. So, you know, that's all fine. And I, I wish her nothing but the best. And I know she's going to kill it with, in wherever she does next. But yeah, as someone who watched NXT and, uh, and, Wanted to see her do big things in in under the WWE banner. Uh, yeah, it does suck, but I think she's gonna kill it no matter what happens. Well, don't worry though, because WWE have uh, signed. <laughs> right, we might lose Io Shirai, so let our latest signing make sure it really works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did. Uh, Logan Paul signed with WWE. Yeah. Uh, he revealed and he posted a picture, which is the most liked picture on Instagram or some shit like that. I don't know. With Triple H and <laughs> Stephanie. Uh, looks like it's going to be a thing. Uh, come Gina... on, come on. I'm sorry. It cannot be the most liked picture on Instagram. Please don't no, tell from, me this. In from WWE. WWE. On their from WWE. Yeah. Oh, for God's yeah. sake. Okay. On their account. Look, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not going to wrestle... Um, it's <laughs> not going to wrestle. No, he's only going to be wrestling premium live events and Imperial TV. Gina, this come on, he was good at WrestleMania, you got to admit. And he's got yeah, followers. He's good at WrestleMania. I just don't think that that picture warranted to be like the most liked picture <laughs> on Instagram. That's yeah, but as a talent, know. as a talent, it's going to work. It wasn't the best picture. I've seen, I've seen other pictures and promos. <laughs> Well, right, forget about the picture. Talking about the man. some positive. I can't shed any positivity on on him. He, his family have been so disrespectful in numerous ways. So yes, okay, he could maybe pull off a couple of wrestling moves. I look forward to seeing him at his next match. Do I like the guy? No. Was that the greatest picture promo <laughs> I've ever seen? No. That's my opinion. <laughs> right. Well, I I have to uh, I have to admit right now. I'm going to ask a question, and everybody oh, can tell me. Don't say that you're a massive fan. No, don't worry. I've moved on to the next news story quietly. Uh, but <laughs> has Thank anybody does anybody know or heard of Joey Ryan? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I no. guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, Do with the mustache. Yeah. Yes. Um, unfortunately, uh, I I had become a fan of Joey Ryan dating back from 2018, 2019, uh, and actually saw him in a live show when he came over to England, uh, weirdly enough, met him and all this kind of stuff, was quite a big fan. So I was probably more shocked than anybody else when all the... Uh, out movement and all the accusations came towards him uh especially if you go back and listen to podcasts that i've been on talking about him before the fact um so it's quite a difficult situation as i said before he was nice to me but then again i was with dan and if it was with you know jackson jr it might have been something a little bit different you know uh i've seen other wrestlers uh, acting like that at other shows so there's no doubt about it but 
like I said, Ryan has a listening of allegations against him. Uh, he tried to sue his accusers for no avail. Uh, and people wondering what he's up to nowadays. Uh, well, it seems that for the past three months, he's been working at Disneyland. Uh, and <laughs> unfortunately, I have to laugh, but uh, Disney oh. were then told about Joey Ryan working there uh, and promptly fired him this week and say they do background checks on all employees that Miss Ryan's allegations due to them being made against his stage name. Uh, I mean, uh, okay, gotcha. He used the government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He used his own name. I mean, yeah. how how fucked up is that, Monty? <laughs> like in a world that we're living in, he can work at Disneyland. <laughs> Why the, up there of all places? <laughs> what are these allegations? I'm I I haven't heard heard of this person, so I don't know. Uh, it was more allegations, more about, uh, so it was, well, not young girls or girls in, in themselves and just trying to adv- take advantage or trying to say, oh, yeah. I'm a famous wrestler, you know, uh, yeah. do certain things. Again, there's Nasty still business. allegations as they are, but... <laughs> Surely you've got, like, some people in your fan club that will, if they want to go there with you, they will, but are you that desperate to, like, I don't yeah. know. I don't understand the mind process that goes through some of these famous people, not even just wrestlers, but famous people. I don't understand the mindset that goes through them when they decide to contact fans, especially young fans, trying to take it's advantage of it's, it's just a superiority complex. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's career killing. <laughs> yeah, but there was other wrestlers, and again, not naming names, and this is people that I've seen who have done it, who are still employed by AEW or WWE or other promotions. So there is certain things, like we said, there are some people who have been found out, there's others that's not. Unfortunately, though, yeah. this, this could be even bigger conversation because it's even someone like Jordan Devlin, who is going to uh, appear on NXT yeah. or be called up to NXT 2.0 roster. Had these allegations against him speaking out. Now the thing becomes with the Jordan Devon thing, it was it was settled and sorted. But with people that don't know about the situation, it will be called back in. So then he'll have to kind of deal with it again. And suppose when he comes up to WWE, it will then be resurfaced and come even bigger deal. So the question then is, where even if you've done something wrong, and again I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but you have to face it every time because of the social media. You know, whether it will be right or wrong. And this is what I think everybody finds out. There's certain wrestlers from that time, like Marty Skull, who who've never come back. And he was in a, you know, really big yeah. position with certain times. So it is a really difficult situation. But again, you know, this is what it is. We, we, wrestlers still act like this uh, where they should know better, you know. Oh hell yeah! Like I mean, they 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 do this to themselves, so they've only got themselves to blame when they actually get called out for the situation. So rather than deny it, they really should own up to their mistakes and their faults, and you know, kind of accept reality. You know, it, it it's one thing to kind of, you know, maybe pay someone off and stuff, but still, those other if those allegations are true and you're paying them off, that's that means they are true. So. You know, why is it that that should be swept under the rug and you should be able to continue this success when, you know, you're not owning up to that. So, 
don't do it. Well, even, you know, we talk about allegations of people being accused. Austin Theory and, uh, of course, Matt Riddle are going to be on the Money and Bank pay-per-view and they've had uh, kind of stories and allegations from in the past as well. So it's all about kind of, you know, dealing with it. And I suppose we're going to get onto that in a minute as well, talk about Vincent Mann. But first, uh, we talk about Ric Flair and his last match moving to a bigger venue. So the opposite of kind of what Impact are doing. Uh, it's moving to a 9,000-seat auditorium in Nashville. And there's going to be a few Impact wrestlers and everything like that on there. Um, I mean, my thing is with Ric Flair in his last match is I'm actually genuinely worried about his health going into this because how many bumps can he take? I mean, Monty, this is crazy for Flair. I know it's about money, but surely he should be thinking about his health. Man, honestly, ever since they uh, before the card was starting to, to formulate and they even booked the venue, when he first flirted with the idea, I was of that mind state. Like, of course, uh, Rick should be thinking about his health, but at the end of the day, uh, Rick Flair is always going to be Rick Flair. Uh, maybe you know, you know, and that that's always been one something that you've always heard about Flair. You know, at, at the end of the day, he's not he's not playing the character; he's Flair. So at the end of the day, thinking you're going to tell him or tell him that he won't do something or can't do something, that's only going to make people like Flair do it even more. And I don't necessarily know what to expect. I I, I don't want him to get hurt, but he's in his 70s. He's been through uh, hell and back. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. All I know is that at the end of the day – Will this be his last match was my original thought because this is not the first time I've been told he will never wrestle again. So uh, I hope it's not. Yeah, and I hope it, I'm not meaning that in that way. I'm just saying wrestling, we have you can go two ways. You can go about it the Austin way, retire, never really never come back until this recent thing. I know they kind of ruined that now, I guess you can say. But Austin went away for a long time. Or you could be one of those wrestlers who always come back. Is he trying to catch Terry Funk? Well, Terry, Terry Funk Terry had Funk. many retirement yeah. matches. <laughs> Terry Funk had <laughs> millions of retirement matches. So, Terry Funk I don't had know. at least 50 retirement <laughs> matches to my memory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's the thing about this. Like, if he does a good job, do, do we get a Ric Flair last match too <laughs> next year or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a Ric Flair every thinking. year. It's a wrestling for these, like, 95 or something like this. But... I mean, Jaxi, does it interest you watching a 73-year-old Ric Flair take a bump off the top rope? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Um, I just, yeah, I kind of <laughs> feel the need for this. I kind of thought he already had his last match, so I don't know where this is coming from. Really, He's but done it twice now. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I, I fear for his health, that is it. Mm, I don't know. Gina, are you going to be watching this? <laughs> To be honest, I didn't know it was happening until you just mentioned it. So <laughs> I apologize. Unless you guys send me a reminder that it's going to be on, I'm not going to be going out of my way to see it. To be honest, I just think that he's searching for that. You know, when you hit a certain age when you're older, and you, you just want that brush of your youth again sort mm. of thing. I just I totally see it being Rick's idea. I don't even see him being, you know, coaxed into it or, you know, offered all this money i think he just generally wants to be up there and have everyone calling his name again do i think it's a good idea no i think it's literally going to damage him so bad and it's going to be more painful for me to watch it 
then maybe it will even for him to take whatever bumps. He may still be able to take some, but I'm just going to be watching like through my fingers. So I don't really see the point in me tuning in. Well, what really fuck him if if he looks at what Sting's been doing since he made his comeback? <laughs> Could if Flair, Flair try to start dying? That's what I think it, it is. <laughs> I can yeah, do that Sting. too. I can still do Edge that. And Christian, all these people who come back, I'm not freak up. It's just fair. It's like you know, viral video. Seventy-three-year-old man dies. Thirty-three. <laughs> Ric Flair's last match, last fucking moments, Boy, Jesus Christ. Please not that. No. Please. Uh, but speaking of senile old men who have committed sex offences, let's move on now to Vince Woo, McMahon. Transition. Yes, because we the new update uh, talking about John Laurinaitis and a female talent said, I'd rather get all my shit sent to me in a trash bag when I got fired and deal with him. And neither are good options. He was Laurinaitis was appointed Head of Talent Relations in 2021. With frustration and displeasure among female talent, uh, many women have felt like Laurinaitis hiring are um, archaic. Several other sources said have been suspicious of Laurinaitis' misconduct, dating back as far as the tw- uh, fou- early 2000s. Uh, sources have said that Laurinaitis has been set up as the latest full guy for Vincent Mann. He has stepped down of Head of Talent Relations and Bruce Pritchard who wasn't, didn't even have his foot in the door about four or five years ago, is now as well as running the weekly television. Uh, and then there was also another story coming out this week uh, about a female referee, Rita Chatterton, who claimed that she was raped by uh, Vincent Mann back in the 1980s. And she said, uh, they offered me a lot of money and told me I could never work in professional wrestling again. And I hope by coming out and saying this, I'll be the first of a, a lot of other people. Now, this is something, a story that I've, 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 we've talked spoke about before on the WNR podcast when we actually did controversial characters about maybe four years ago with a lot of allegations for Vincent Mann. Alongside that, a few stories about Pat Patson as well in the early 90s with a, a, a few kind of young boys being fired for a couple of years and then just kind of being put back in uh, again. This is no surprise when the stories have been around for 40 years, uh, you know, and now finally kind of being looked at. This will be a big deal is now is whether people are thinking it's going to be like the next Jeffrey Epstein. And we're going to have countless stories coming out about Vincent Mann or they're going to try and spin this in the way of an employee who didn't get what they want back in the day. Now, it's a very delicate situation, but there's one thing for sure. Mr. McMahon is not going anywhere any time soon. Um, so I know it's a difficult situation, difficult thing to talk about, but Jaxie, we, we have spoke about it. We're going to go into a deep dive. But when you look at what the attitude here has been like, as me and Monty spoke about, and what Vince Mann has done, then there should be no surprise about the allegations maybe coming out to Vince right now. Definitely not. I mean, I, again, I don't want to say that... Um, it, it's it's not a good thing that we all aren't shocked by this. But when you go back and look at the attitude era, it's right there, plain there, in in front of everyone's faces. You know. Yeah, it, but it's you know. Do you think it's? Uh, I was saying, it's there are allegations at the moment, but there will be people who are defending Vince McMahon and Mister McMahon here. Do you think they're confusing the person with the character? 
with the you know the kind because of, in their minds Matt Vincent Man there's no WWE and of course they got so many good memories of WWE and they just think oh that Vincent Man character is that guy as opposed to a real human being. I mean, I have no doubt that there's there's going to be, you know, as a stem from this, there's going to be a lot of false accusations. And as as sort of wrestling fans, we're not going to actually actually be privy to finding out and determining like the whole truth for ourselves. Uh, we just got to kind of take each piece of news at, at a time and kind of really kind of look at the facts before we fully condemn him of all allegations, you know? Yeah, that like said, it's difficult at the moment that we haven't got it. But the thing is, is like Gina last year as well, should Vincent Mann at this moment just be keeping his head down rather than showing up on Raw Smackdown? Do you think he needs to do that to kind of send a message? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mentioned this last time, but I just did not, I, I saw it as a massive, like, middle finger thing, him coming out on both Raw and SmackDown the week the allegations came out. Um, in my eyes, I think that he should have just shied away. He already spoke about stepping down as well. Um, and I just think he needs, he needs to shy away and deal with what's going on in his personal life he has been involved with the wwe for so long and obviously as fans we are all grateful but in in reality when you even say stuff like people can um confuse his his wwe character to who he actually is and really in some way we've seen truths of a mixture of both and and he's put himself in so many storylines especially in the attitude era that we all would frown upon now that wouldn't be great in this day and age and so it's not surprising that these allegations came out because his storylines have all kind of been involved in some sort of curved storyline and so it's not shocking that this has come about and I think he should have more shied away from being in the, on the screens and being seen and, and instead of coming out and parading like nothing was happening so yeah I just think he needs to go and hide yeah, that's it. it's interesting. And, and Monty, I'll ask you this question as well, because I've, I've asked, obviously, about the fans kind of confusing the character. Do you think this is down to Mr. McMahon or Vincent Mann not knowing who he is because of all these stories? And, you know, like when, when you hear about a legend and you've got that kind of circle around you, these yes men, you do think you're untouchable. You know, do you think Mr. McMahon just thinks, oh, we're never going to kind of get found out or caught because I'm just too powerful. And doesn't that, isn't that what happens to most powerful men in the end is they get found out, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it works. You know, they get a little arrogant. I think uh, when you've been enabled or you've been, you've gotten away with things for so long or people have, like you said, like we all just mentioned that we're not surprised by any of this, but that hasn't stopped anything. Pop, they haven't stopped his business at all from prospering or anything like that. So, in a way, he gets the message that he is untouchable when every time he goes out there and the pops are still the same as if they didn't hear a thing. Or, like, you mentioned that the the, uh, the rape accusation, uh, that is that has been caught up by, by media outlets, but it's not been the firestorm. Like, you mentioned Epstein. Epstein's news was everywhere. Everyone wanted to find out things about this. This has really – they I've heard it a couple of times now since this – uh, the allegations of the hush money came out and still not the groundswell of we need to get him out of here or remove him type of uh, energy that you usually see in some of these situations. So 
when you see that, it's just hard to kind of process. Now, as far as fans picking either side, I don't know how you can be extremely on either side of the spectrum. I don't know how you can 100% be like, this happened and that happened because you don't, you weren't there. But I feel like it's the same thing can be the, uh, said to any fans who are 100% on Vince's side. Like, how do you know? You, you, you're not there. Only two people know, and they're in a circle. So we'll see how all of that stuff work out. But yeah, it's really mind-boggling to me how a lot of this stuff, I think we're all, like, disgusted and, and hurt. Like I said, he knows what coming out on television. Every, he's not missed a week of television since it came out, if you notice. He's been on television every week. Why did he need to introduce John Cena, personally? I, can anyone explain uh, any television reason why he was out there? Why did he have to tell us the week before that Cena was coming? None. It makes no other, any storyline sense whatsoever. So you can't tell me this is work. So what message are you sending by coming out here and getting your crap, your fans to bow, bow to you on television screens literally a few days after being accused of what he's been accused of? I have no clue, man. I don't. I can't explain it <laughs> well, at all, man. <laughs> I think the thing is as well is because there's something different between a, a disgruntled ex-wrestler who comes out of WWE or WWF or wherever it is, like yeah. even a Ryback or someone like that, and you think about you know right. the kind of the stories you hear about being treated like that compared to you know again John Cena will say it's all unicorns and rainbows you know but uh, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> kind of situation like I said Cena and The Rock even are putting their kind of public interest you know in perspective with WWE now because it's like will they be affected uh, and and also. Again, right. for anybody's kind of well, we've heard these rumors before with Vincent Mann. This is a problem between like kind of rumors and what is fact, and this what has to be worked out. Because one of the craziest stories, especially the early nineties, was Nails, who feuded with Big Boss Man, was the former prisoner. Uh, said Vincent Mann fired him because he, he they didn't want to have sex with him. So you, you kind of yeah. don't know what's going on, you know. And this is the kind of thing, but. We thought we'd just touch on it and see what's going on. A lot of said as soon as we get updates and find out more and more, uh, we'll let you know. Uh, we did get a few emails, of course, about the Shibata incident at the Forbidden Door. Um, of course, we ended up. We deserve it. Yes, no, we do. And yeah. do you know what? Yeah. I will hold my hand up and said it was the other three. Uh, I <laughs> I want <laughs> to talk about it and they kind of move me on. Uh, we'll talk about it now. Uh, after wow. the Orange Cassidy match, uh, we see Osprey and Aussie Open beating them up. Trent Brett and Rocky Romero tried to make the save, but they were beaten up easily. But Katsuri Shibata entered to a huge pop with the fans clearly knowing who he is. Shibata knocked down Osprey and then hit a corner drop kick. He was going for a chokehold, but Osprey got out of it and left with Aussie Open. After the hills left, Shibata had a stare down with Orange. And Orange put his sunglasses on Shabbat. And there was a good pop for that. Monty, phenomenal. Who knows? Who the hell was Shabbata? Katsuyori Shabbata, one of the uh, most popular and just most physical strikers and best wrestlers in New Japan, uh, especially in the, of the last decade or so. He is kind of in the same vein of Tanahashi. Uh, I, I want to say that they were in the dojo together. And he had to retire a few years back after a classic battle with Okada that left him you know, uh, injured and he could not come back. And, you know, until recently, until he rec- recovered and came back at Russell Kingdom, worked his first match back in years. He's the coach of the L.A. Dojo. 
like I said, just one of the best in the world. And the, 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 like you said, the pop from them fans as soon as they heard that music. Because for years, he, whenever you heard that music, you knew what was about to go down. He was coming out. No, he doesn't have to taunt. Straight black tights. Physicality, strikes, PKs, unbelievable uh, tech, uh, technical submission ability. So uh, Shabbat is just a badass. And uh, every time we see him, us New Japan fans, you know, we, 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 we all are just elated because it was so scary. We thought we would never get a chance to hear that music again. So uh, he, he hasn't really been seen since he returned at Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan. So to see him here at Forbidden Door was a very, very awesome surprise. Uh, so I apologise to anybody uh, that we didn't mention it. Also, did talk uh, about. We actually, we actually did realise straight after we ended the session that we forgot to t- discuss that. So <laughs> we did recognise that fault ourselves. But yeah, it was totally exciting. I mean, I didn't know who this guy was either. And as soon as that music dropped, I just knew, okay, some badass is about to walk out. You know, so I was totally excited, and now want to investigate him more too. Well, I also didn't ask, uh, didn't do the poll about did everyone rate uh, Forbidden Door as well. Uh, Good got 12%, okay with 16%, great was 32%, awesome got 40% of the vote. And uh, looking back on it, yeah, it was a pretty awesome event as well. And off the hills of that was AW Blood and Guts, June 29th. We started off with... um, Orange Cassie versus Ethan Page. And Cassie entered to Jefferson Starship's Iconic Jane, which was a film he used during his days of the independence of Dean. OC got the win. Um, but, Gina, I'll ask you about this. I really enjoyed this match. These two have got bags of talent, haven't they? Yeah, they do. And, again, it's like it's, it's matches like this that make you sort of really excited to see future matches from each of them. Um, it's definitely eye-opening and keeps you keeps you on your toes as well because you're like they're definitely the type to have these matches where you're like who's gonna win this one who's gonna win that one because it's always so close definitely agree yeah really really good stuff and we see christian cage cut another disgusting promo in jungle boy and his family for introducing a new lock luchasaurus who went into a new theme music and all black ring gear the big man proceeded to squash serpentico but jacksy a hill dinosaur this didn't feel right. I mean, why turn so quickly within a week? I mean, yeah, I I kind of actually did uh, say this myself, where I kind of would have liked a bit more of a build-up to Christian kind of bringing Luchasaurus round to, you know, the heel side. And I also thought we'd be right. a donor that might not necessarily be a heel dinosaur. I just thought it happened really quickly, but I mean, I'm definitely intrigued to see where, where things are going to go, but if Jungle Boy don't come back with a complete different persona and smack this bitch up for what he's saying about his family. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, Christian is taking it to a different level. It's just, I don't know what he can say next, really. You know? <laughs> like, what What is next? I mean, it's more, it's more a shame as well at the fact that there's kind of now no one in his corner. Like, Luchasaurus didn't even smack <laughs> up, like, Christian for saying any of those disrespectful things about his father or anything. So, right now, we're just kind of stuck with having to deal with the, the, the hearing this abuse. Um, so, I'm definitely looking forward to getting someone in to shut them up, you know? 
the story has to be that Luchasaurus secretly hated him, by the way, right? Because other than that, right? Because he was swayed, like you said, way too easily, (laughs) way too quick. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, let's get rid of Monty. We all hate Monty now, all right? (laughs) We've we've never liked him. (laughs) Right, that's fair. Wow. It it does make you question how loyal, like, he actually was to Jungle Boy if you just turned like that. It's like, all right, bye, Felicia. (laughs) Right. What the the fuck? Tag team titles, bro. Tag team friends, yeah. And if a hill dinosaur, you know, for me, his finisher should be eating the person. And I don't think we've advanced that far yet. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, we yeah, then... This isn't MK11. <laughs> this isn't like a finish him type of situation. <laughs> a dinosaur who's a bad guy. You know, come on. We've got to have that. He's a herbivore. He likes the plants. He likes the well, yeah. we get the arse boys and Max Caster uh, with FTR. I guess Dak's injury isn't so bad. Uh, fun stuff all around here, apart from the moment where, uh, before Dan Housen tagged in. Botch interference from the Hilled Anthony Bowen allowed Dan Housen to score the pinfall victory. And after the match, frustration mounted, leading to Billy Gunn shoving his own son, Austin, to the match. So it looks like we're getting arse boys versus the acclaim loading. Um but again, it can only be a good thing. We have spoke about it. Uh, and it makes more sense with Billy than it did with Luchasaurus because at least we've seen that the past few weeks. And we know, well, Billy always, you know, prefers yeah. them. Uh, There's been hits and things like that. That's what draws the crowd into it. From here, we're all like, Luchasaurus, why? <laughs> we're like, Billy Gunn, good. They're fucking idiots. Like, we've always liked the acclaim more. That's simple. Like these 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 arse boys don't work. Uh, we get a women's match before the main event again. Uh, Jay Cargill versus Layla Gray. Two minutes, two. Oh my god! This, like I said, over two so minutes. quickly. Gray faced the same result thirty-three other women had. Um, and after the match, again, wouldn't be an AEW women's match if you didn't have people running down uh, to try and even the odds. Only being beaten down by Cargill, Hogan. And Gray, who saw the potential in with the champ over so quickly, you're right. And then the main event, JR joined commentary. And the Jericho appreciation started. Chris Jericho, Angela Parker, Matt Menard, Jake Hager, and Daniel Garcia with Sammy Guevara. Battled interim world champ Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, Santana Ortiz, Will Utah, and Eddie Kingston in a blood and guts match. Um, well, there was shattered glass. Thumbtacks, steel chairs, candle sticks, and of course the unforgiving steel in the cage. In the end, match culminated on top of the structure um, where Jericho escaped to the roof until Kingston followed. But it was Sammy Guevara who took the big bump through a wooden platform. Uh, and then Menard and Castelli came up. Menard tapped into the star as Eddie was looking to put away Chris Jericho. Um, again, Gina, what do you think of this main event? I'm going to get everybody's thoughts on this matchup. What are your thoughts on the blood and guts and especially this one? Um, it was a great match. I have to say that I'm, I'm really gutted for Santana as I know that he got injured, um, during the match and it seemed like it was a horrible injury to his leg as well. So I hope he gets better, um, and has a speedy recovery back. But yeah, it was, it was a great match. It was, 
entertaining from beginning to end. You couldn't really look away, otherwise you'd miss some things. There were some spots that were so funny. I I absolutely found it hilarious when Kai was trying to push a bottle through the cage to Chris Jericho and they just couldn't get this bottle through. I was crying for some reason at that. Um, but it was it was really good. I feel like I'm rubbish with their with their names. You know, two point oh. Yeah. What what are what are their names? Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Menard and of course, how can we forget Angelo Parker? That's it. <laughs> I didn't have um, to look those up. Two, I have to say that they're the silent MVPs of this whole match. They made everyone look so good. Both of them had spots with each of the Blackpool Combat Club member. And they just made them look amazing. They took so many bumps and hits, but everyone they took, it just looked so impactful. And um, I have to say that those two were the MVPs of, of the match for me because they were just they just were here, there and everywhere getting beaten up, beaten up to shreds. So it was so good. I enjoyed it. I hope Sammy's okay from his, his fall from grace. Um, and I hope, hope that maybe that will open up his eyes to stop acting like a dickhead who can't keep his mouth off of his girl. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> Parker hanging upside down on that cage with blood pouring off his face was a great visual. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find like that? Like, get this guy down. <laughs> yeah, he's thinking, fuck it. Uh, Jackson, what do you think of this? Because this was ultra-violent. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think everyone saw that Mox came with the... It, like, he woke up and chose violence. He came with, uh, like, the option of I'm just going to kill everyone, you know, like that. I'm pretty sure there was like attempted murder. The amount of times he was stabbing at people's heads. He just wanted the blood. The minute he came in, the blood was everywhere. Uh, it was a really great match. I, I quite liked having Ruby Soho come out and just take on Ty and get her ass out there as well. Um, that was quite a nice touch as well, because everyone likes to kind of just see, you know, the girl on the outside getting her comeuppance. Uh, the the part at the at the top um, with like it was just absolutely terrifying. I just was really worried that someone was going to fall through. Um, but it was quite interesting to see how um, it kind of ended. Like how it ended, I kind of honestly thought that Eddie was going to make Jericho tap out, and then it was actually Claudio's doing. So that was an interesting turn of event. Would you? I've got a horrible pit in my stomach, and if like. Do not extend Eddie and Jericho to the next pay-per-view. They've got to have the blow-off match beforehand, haven't they? Yeah, can we can we just get it over on a rampage at some point, you know, and move on from this? Because I quite wouldn't mind having an Eddie and Claudio-like little discrepancy either. It's <laughs> <laughs> just saying, it weren't too bad. I did feel like, and Monty, I'll ask you this, I don't know if the match was too long. Like, I know it's an hour, and I know we have to wait for them to come in, but I think, like... For 40 minutes, we could have just taken off that match. And to have 20 minutes for them coming in at, you know, maybe short interviews or even just starting all at the same time. I know it's not technically war games, but 10 minutes of that action altogether, I think for me, would have been a lot better than the kind of vow that we got. Yeah, I think uh, I agree. I think this match would have been even better if they kind of trimmed the fact. Uh, so to speak, I guess the way I guess that's what you're trying to say, and that makes sense because uh, this match was at its best when when they were actually doing things. I think the the worst part is when like they're all laying out and you know they had a lot of little clunky moments in the middle, but 
the the spots were so fun and everything was so well executed, like you guys mentioned. And it was just a fun, bloody brawl. Like I said, I just kind of cut my brain off for a minute and just was like, yeah, just let let them go, do what they have to do. You know, it was it was times where you wanted to laugh. It was times where you just like you winced. So they 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 hit a lot of uh, buttons that a lot of these uh you know brawls or big war type matches Jericho has been having with his factions over the few over the last few years have uh he ticked a lot of those boxes but this one I think uh did a good job also planting seeds with Eddie Eddie and Claudio or uh, also I, I I think it could be over here but I know how AEW does things like a lot of these feuds. It may not be over just yet, but I, I think this would be a great culmination to the whole uh, Eddie and Jericho feud. But, you know, I understand if they want to at least do like one one off, like one on one type of situation uh, again. And I have no problem with that. Uh, but, yeah, man, this is just just fun, bro. And I have no problem with just kind of letting pro wrestling be that. And, uh, yeah, man, I enjoyed this. Like I said, it was fun overall. Uh, in the arena, where they filmed, obviously, Blood and Guts, they had Dynamite Live, and then they had Rampage Afters as well, which was July 1st. Royal Rampage. Really? Tony, you fucking mark, is what I thought when I heard that. It was just like, come on. Like, don't... For me with Tony Khan, and this, me, and this has worried me the past few months now, is that he just wants to be WWE. You look on his face when he hugged, like, Claudio. You know, you just think, oh, I've got Cesaro now. The same with, like, Danielson and Punk. Well, hug Jungle Boy like that. Hug MJF like that. Maybe he acted a little bit different, you know. Don't get me wrong. I don't want Brock Anderson on TV every week, but it just seems that, I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but a Royal Rampage match was uh, a kind of two-ring Royal Rumble where they come in... uh, New entrance came in at every six seconds in separate rings. Uh, we saw Ricky Starks join Hobbs and Page in a blue ring, while the Butcher went after Allen and Nice in the red ring. Of course, more competitors came out, and we saw multi-man spots, logical eliminations, and short-term alliances. But it was Brody King ended up being a winner after he held Darby Allen in a choke. He passed out and fell to the ground. Uh, this was fine, but AEW could actually do a World War Three match. They have got 90 people on the roster. I think that might be more interesting to see. Uh, Gina, what did you think of the Royal Rampage match? The the Royal Rampage match? <laughs> um, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I was confused at first with the red and the blue. I didn't realise that they were separated and then the winners of each one were going to face off. So that was an interesting concept. And you may as well make use of the double stage scene as it was set up for Blood and Guts anyway. So it was it was fun and it was different to um, have an opening for. Uh, it was good. There were so many different spots that happened that loads there were loads that you didn't catch as well. There were so many people eliminated that wasn't caught on camera because it was too busy vo- focused on another spot. Um, so I think aside from kind of the messiness of trying to just keep an eye on what's going on in both both rings, it was still fun to, to watch and be a part of. Um, I, I couldn't help but scream and scream and scream at Ricky Starks every time because he seemed to always get thrown over. And I'm just like, get your ass back in! Yeah, aside from that, I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, I don't think it was bad. I just swervingly 
interaction is interesting. Like I said, Derby again uses putting someone else over. But like I said, Mox uh, and Brody King will be a really good match. We then have the Young Bucks beating two stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Gotu and Yoshihashi. Uh, Monty, what did you think of this? Do you think New Japan stars were treated right? <clears throat> Yeah, I think they got a chance to showcase everything. Uh, I, you know, maybe it could have been a little bit more competitive, but we talked about this before with Rampage. They they obviously pressed for time. I think even at the end of that uh, Royal uh, Battle Royal, the Battle Royal, whatever they did at the, at the beginning, uh, you can kind of see towards the end when the eliminations started to kind of ramp up. It's like ah, they probably rushing because they they don't have much time left to get down because it just seemed like like we had like ten eliminations and very very quickly. So I'm not surprised that Goto and Yoshihashi didn't get a chance to like make this a more dramatic uh, situation. But I thought they still looked good at times. And in, in, in the books got a chance to show what they do better than anybody. And I think that's why they chose Goto and Yoshihashi because Yo- Goto and Yoshihashi are very solid. And I think when you have grounded uh, opponents like that for people like the books, it makes them look 30 times better because they can do amazing stuff like what we saw Nick Jackson do at the oh, end there. Yeah. So. Uh yeah, this was this was good stuff. I didn't have a problem with how Yoshihashi and Goto looked. Yeah, I always thought kind of Matt was the star over Nick, but Nick, especially this last oh, year, man. Nick is awesome. And what he did, you know, to be able to dive across and then use the ropes to springboard, and he makes it look easy. And you just think, yeah, they are. I know there's a lot of kind of uh, you talk from even the commentators of AEW and everybody about you know, how good the young bucks are. But the young bucks are really good, and its proof is in the pudding. <laughs> uh, the main event of the evening was a singles match between Anila Rose and Tony Storm. Uh, most of the crowd had left, so that tells its own story in certain ways. A, it was a really mm-hmm. long fucking night, and B, AB's treatment of the women's wrestling show. Uh, Marina Shafir was heavily involved, uh, but it just made Storm's performance gutsier as she got the win. Jaxie, what do you think of this? Because, again... Thunder Rosa came running out. This is just, it's got to be on the joke. Once you notice it, you notice it in every woman's match. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Well, woman out to like be like total unity. Like you're all going for the buzz. Stop like being like this. First of all, uh, I really just didn't, I, I didn't see that like they're going to kind of keep Nida Rosa and Marina Shafir together. Like Marina Shafir actually has a lot of talent and doesn't really need to be teamed with the likes of Naya Rose, not saying that they can't be friends or anything like that, but I just didn't understand the necessity to have these two, uh, you know, sort of bigger women picking on tiny little Tony. Um, it just kind of like, it didn't really make much sense for them Thunder Rosa to come out and like, you know, how about we get Thunder Rosa started on like a, a building it like a new f- feud with someone new and fresh, uh, you know, like she's not had the best of storylines, uh, to build up for a, you know, title uh, match. So how about we start building that instead of having her coming out and doing this? I just, I, that, it, I really didn't understand the necessity for her to come out to make the save. Yeah, it's just, it, it's just the same shit, you know. It's like, again, yeah. it's repeat. Yeah, it's yeah. repeat. Yeah, definitely. Three minute backstage interview, five minute match, come out and save her afterwards. There we go. Everybody will be happy, apparently. Uh, but there is money in the bank, so we will leave AEW alone and we'll talk about money in the bank because I'm going to test your <laughs> money in the bank trivia out. All right. 
Very, very simple here. Just a couple of questions. Now, if anybody knows the answer, just shout out and I'll get to you. All right. So, first question. The very first Money in a Bank match. Come on, this is a nice easy one. Who knows that one? What was the question about it? The first Money in the Bank match. When did it? Where did it take place? Uh, WrestleMania twenty one. WrestleMania. Who won it? Edge hit Chris Benoit <laughs> in the arm with a chair. <laughs> he did. I remember that finish like yesterday. <laughs> he did. Uh, when did he cash in then, Smarty Pants? Uh, New Year's resolution, John Cena. Yes, he did. Yeah, two thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> when, when was the when was the first Money in the Bank pay per view? Two thousand five. No. Ten. Twenty ten. Twenty ten was the first Money in the Bank. All right, Monty. Who won it that year? Damn, that's a good one. Alberto. Oh, 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 I heard. Who said that? Damn. The Miz. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. It was the Miz. Was the, but someone else won that year as well and cashed in the same night. <laughs> if it, actually, you know what? It took me ages to think. So, somebody won. Kane? Kane. It was Kane. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. I remember that. We're a heavyweight title. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. possibly the most difficult question here, who were last year's Money in the Bank winners? Oh, Nikki Ash, yeah. I know that. Who won the means? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> How did I forget already? Big E. Big E. Wait, was it? God damn it! Big E. Uh, yeah, it definitely was E. Damn it. That was not too... Oh, my God. See how quickly a year goes, eh? (laughs) I can remember 2005, but I can't remember. This is crazy. I was a bit worried that maybe, um, you know, we might be forgetting or not, but no, a little bit money in the bank uh, (laughs) trivia. (laughs) Like I said... Lots to go on. Uh, if So, Money in the Bank, we talk about... Monty, I'll start with you. Obviously, you remember the first Money in the Bank, but what would be your favourite either match or moment from Money in the Bank? Oh, man. Man. Uh, you know, I, I, hate to, I hate to do it because it's at the front of my brain. I'm pretty sure there's plenty of awesome ones, but that first one was so special. Like, I... I, I bought that. I bought WrestleMania 21 on pay per view, man. They had Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio leading it off. And, man, Shelton Benjamin left such an impression on me in that very first one doing stuff I've never seen. And I guess since I got that one on the top of my brain, that's the that's the thing that stick out the most. Uh, that, that first one was very, very special. Like, it almost was a perfect, like, it, it set the scene of what everything that we know of uh, the money in the bank to come. I'm pretty sure it's been bigger ones and uh, better spots. But that stick out of my brain immediately because I just remember how big of a deal it felt back then. And what, it, what Edge ended up doing with it was such a big deal. Uh, it, it set the scene for what we know the Money in the Bank to be right now. Yeah, well, that's a great shout. Uh, Jackson, what about you? Any Money in the Bank memories? Um, I mean, I really can't remember going that far back off the top of my head, to be honest. But... I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, one of my fondest what memories of Money in the Bank is uh, definitely the sort of 
I think it was the COVID era, the tower one, just kind of with the whole Oscar thing. Uh, I enjoyed <laughs> uh, that one, so I'll go with that one. And Gina, what about you? Sorry, I started talking when I realised I was still muted. Um, I I can't remember if this is the money in the bank moment, but so you'll have to let me know. Did Paul Heyman um, turn on CM Punk on in a Money in the Bank? I yes. Like he had turned on yeah, a Money in the Bank. 2013. Do you know what? That's an yeah. excellent point. Wow. Yeah, he threw him the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leading up to Brock Lesnar and yes, SummerSlam, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was a pay-per-view, and I was like, hang on, I, could it have been money in the bank? Because I remember a ladder. Yeah, so I'll go with that one, even though it was a wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, we talk about something unbelievable as well for the memory there. Fair play. Uh, but we talk about money in the bank facts. Now, there's been four women's money in the bank matches and there's been 100% of the time a successful cash-in. Two for Raw, two for SmackDown. So it could go either way tonight. Uh, of course, for the men's money in the bank, uh, it hasn't been that successful. Uh, there's been 22 successful cash-ins and 26 attempts. Uh, right, so Monty, <laughs> this is a question for you. Just name me someone who's been unsuccessful in a money bank cash-in. Just one? Just one, and then I'm going to see. We'll go round to the circle. Okay. Damien Sandow. Oh, that's a great pull, that is. Damien Sandow, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Unsuccessful Money in the Bank cash-ins. Uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah, Baron Corbin is on that list as well. Uh, Gina? Sorry, what we had him? Unsuccessful money in the bank catch-ins. Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Um, did Sami Zayn win one time and cash-in and lose? Now, the ones I've got here, John Cena is the man. Yeah, not Cena. Uh, unsuccessful cash-in. And in actual fact, yeah. it was Damien Sandow and Baron Corbin that tried to cash in on him. So he's actually been involved <laughs> three times yeah. in uh, unsuccessful cash-ins as well. Uh, and they are, well, that's not, they're counting as well uh, Mr. Kennedy uh, losing his title shot to Edge, but ah, Edge did then have really? a successful cash-in. There was also another so one. Do we count well. Otis? Well, again, Otis <laughs> is the other one who lost his briefcase before being able to cash in the course of the Miz. Yeah. Uh, and there's only been one man, and this is a very easy question, who has won money in the bank twice. Uh, in a, well, it's in a row as well. <laughs> and that, of course, is CM Punk. CM Punk. Uh, mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston. Uh, has got the worst percentage for Money in the Bank, being in seven <laughs> and never won yeah. one. Um, <laughs> Kane has been in seven but did win one. The worst female record, who's got the worst at 0 and 5? Monty, can you take us? What woman has got the most records in WWE? Charlotte. It's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> It's Natalia. 
Natalia. Natty, of course, it's Natty. No, she M5. gets all of the uh, longevity records. <laughs> no, <M5 in> <laughs> uh, but some people have got 100% success rate. Uh, there is uh, a couple here. Uh, so who's got 100% success rate? Go on, Monty. Who, who's only been in one match and cashed in to win successfully? <laughs> That's tough, man. I don't know. We have who's got... only been one? Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah, Brock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of Braun, course. Braun Strowman, <laughs> Big E, and Bailey. So Big E's only been in one. Bailey's only been in one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Especially Big E. And who, what female has been cashed in the most? You've just cashed men- in on? Just mentioned Charlie. her, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte. That's, that's the yes. number one way to get the belt off Charlotte. <laughs> so there we go. Um, also, we talk about unsuccessful cash-ins. Braun Strowman cash-in was ruled a no contest when Brock Lesnar attacked both men uh, oh, inside yeah. hell in the cell. Uh, so a few money in the bank facts there. Uh, and we move on to SmackDown and Raw. And SmackDown, we, we had the Money in the Bank ladder match qualifier, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, ending no contest. And then Lacey Evans' first TV match since February 2021, beating Zaya Lee. Uh, Ronda beat Shotzi with Natalia attacking afterwards. And Ricochet versus Walter for the Intercontinental Championship. Walter needed exactly one championship match to strike gold on the W main roster. He became the first man from NXT UK to win gold. Uh, I love both these guys. Jaxie, what do you think of Volta beating Ricochet for the champion? I don't know how much you've seen of uh, Volta, but do you see potential there? Because for me, he's the killer. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've watched some of his time with Imperium on NXT even. Um, so we all knew this was inevitable. This was coming at some point, um, especially once he had joined the main roster. Uh it, it was actually a decent match. Um, you know, poor Ricochet didn't get quite a, as long a run as I expected him to. But when you've got the likes of um, Walter kind of coming towards you, yeah, you're not going to survive that. <laughs> no, unbelievable stuff. In the main event, a win for Sami Zayn with Bar Riddle from SmackDown, a loss, and Riddle would earn the right to challenge for the Universal title. Uh, we see... Zayn getting hit with the RKO for Riddle to win, but the Usos attacked. Uh, Riddle answered, though, with a kendo stick attack and left the champs reeling to close the show. Raw, June 13th, we had Miss TV with Riddle, Heyman, uh, and that led to Ford versus Jimmy Uso, of course. Uh, Becky Lynch beat the bejesus out of Dana Brooke. That'll teach her for upsetting her. Money in the Bank qualifier in a tag match, could it make sense? Uh, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss beat Dewdrop and Nikki Cross. Like we said Nikki won the briefcase last year. Uh, Owens versus Zico. And Owens took a nasty bump on the stairs uh, with the announced team. We've got him counted out. Owens arguably announced team. I will never get old of it. I'll never get sick of it. Elias for turning next week. MVP made short work of Cedric Alexander. And then Money Bank qualifier, Rollins versus AJ. Or it's what I call it, the best of what's left on Raw. Uh, really great stuff uh, for these two. Um, did Monty, did you see Rollins versus AJ? Because I thought this was a great match. Yeah, man, it was incredible. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, 
like I, they really was bringing it. It made me feel like uh, that when they tap into stuff like that and you spend more time on action instead of a lot of the time that they waste, Raw is really at its best. But like you said, this is definitely the best of what they have to offer, uh, and at least the most consistent of what they have to offer. And the thing is, we kind of we spoiled. Like I, I think we're but we both are used now. If you've been watching WWE a while over the last five to six years, you, you're used to AJ and Seth Rollins putting, uh, not, even if it's not with each other, you're used to what they can do. So I expected them to come out and uh, have a great match, but this was just excellent stuff. Almost too good for Raw, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah it kind of <laughs> caught me off guard. And I, I'm watching it going, I'm actually really enjoying this. Like, is it really wrong watching? Uh, Mustafa Ali yeah. <laughs> lost to Gable, which made me bring me right back down to earth. Bring right to reality. We are watching Raw. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then we saw Bobby Lashley and Theory in a pose-off. Uh, Lashley predictably oh. won. Uh, but Theory blinded him with sticky sticky liquid and said, tall. it's going to be someone's dream. I'm not going to lie. I watched this and thought, someone is slow motion that hitting Bobby's face. I mean, Jackson... you thought Vince stepped aside? This is your proof that <laughs> he did not. Uh, did, I'm about to say, I don't know if anything stirred inside me, but you know what I mean? When I'm watching it, I'm going, really? I don't know. Um, but that was the end of Royal, I believe that. And then SmackDown, June 17th, Mr. McMahon came to the ring and talked about then, now, forever, and, and Riddle paid tribute to Randy Orton. Uh, Jaxie, I don't know about you, but I think Riddle actually loves Randy Orton because the way he talks about Randy is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if this is actually or just for the character anymore. I think he's genuinely like convinced himself or fallen in love with him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really, really... I can tell he's talking from the heart. Uh, we then see Moss beating Corbin in the last laugh match. Corbin and Pat had words after. So Baron's next program begins. And Baron Corbin has got, like, this... this whatever he's got in WWE, whatever information about other people, uh, to have programmed consistently for, like, the past four years... You know, even when it's like, oh, you, you Drew McIntyre program mania from Mad Cat Boss into Pat McAfee. That guy is consistently working, you know. Uh, <laughs> it is amazing. And then New Day beat Shanky Mahal, calls former WWE champion Kofi, pin former WWE champ Jinder, just see how far those two fall. Uh, Adam Pearce joined McIntyre and Sheamus in the ring to say they were both involved in Money in the Bank. No, there's no need for that. And Raquel Rodriguez battled uh, Shania Baszler with Lacey Evans watching with Raquel winning. And in the main event, the undisputed Universal Championship match, Riddle versus Roman Reigns. Um, I really, really like this. I thought this was great. Uh, Gina, did you watch Riddle versus Reigns? And if so, what were your thoughts? Um... I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not watch the match. That's fine. Jaxie, did you watch this? <laughs> I did. And I actually thought this was a, a great match. I thought Riddle kind of looked really good as well and kind of really challenged 
uh, moment throughout. There were some great spots uh, between both men, and it just like you know, it kept the energy. The energy of the crowd were you know continuously there. There was no dip. Um, I, I can't say that I I really had any sort of faith that Riddle was going to win, but it was a great match. Yeah, that close call though. There was a great uh, two count on the RKO where I thought just the second. Oh yeah, Riddle might. Until, like you said, Reigns cut him in half with a spear. But I guess the excitement was left till afterwards as uh, Brock Lesnar returned to smash, crush and F5 the bloodline and prove that he's not settled, settling until he's had at least 40 main event matches against Roman Reigns. Uh, so <laughs> that is our SummerSlam main event there. Uh, Monty, you've seen Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns before. Do you want to see it again? <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> Who hasn't seen it? You've seen at least one of their matches. If, I guarantee it if you've been watching WWE over the last uh, decade. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I definitely don't want to see it. Uh, putting Last Man Stand in there, uh, I maybe can add a, something a little bit different. Like maybe they'll do something spot-wise or something that'll be memorable. Uh, but honestly, I I don't know if it is people who are clamoring to see this again. Please, we have to talk, and I need I just want to hear every I want to hear every angle of it. I want to know why because I am definitely completely over this. Uh, Roman literally only defended that title against Riddle, and he's already back <laughs> to fighting Brock Lesnar. So that should tell you everything uh, right there. Without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> we move on to Raw. June 20th. The year of the injury strikes again. As Rhea Ripley can't make money in the bank. So she will not face Bianca Belair. <sighs> the EST tells us this. And looks on as Carmella beats Lynch. Oscar Liv and Bliss become number one contender. Um, look. What can we say? You know. <laughs> what can we say? It's weird that. <laughs> Last year at SummerSlam, Carmella came out to replace Sasha Banks and the fans were shitting all over it until Lynch came out. But we are actually getting the Mella match now. Um, forgot about this. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll leave it. Uh, Vincent Mann again appeared, hyping up John Cena. Um, and we talked about earlier about the bad press involved with John Cena and The Rock because we know about Logan Paul as well. Uh, we talk about stuff he's done in the past after Japan happened. He talked about having yeah. uh, Dwayne The Rock's Johnson's people contacting him and said, can you remove every picture and video that you've done with him uh, and also just not talk about it at this moment in time. Uh, so Logan Paul saying, oh, The Rock cut ties with me because of this. What people might not know, uh, as The Rock has revealed as well, his mother, Atta, attempted suicide in front of him when he was just 15 by walking into incoming traffic. Uh, so I guess The Rock problems with people's talk joking about suicide has got us here. Right. Um, obviously, it's a lot more now because Logan Paul's just been signed with WWE. But, you know, in all seriousness, Monty, with someone like The Rock, you know, who ha- he's got to protect an image to come, you know, to main event WrestleMania with all this going on with Vincent Mann. Is it feasible at this moment in time? Right now, as while everything is still going on and people are still talking about them in this light, uh, it, it, it's not, you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that his loyalty to WWE 
with Trump, uh, you know, like you said, his image and how what this could do for his brand and all of that going forward. If uh, all these allegations and, and all of the stuff that cloud around WWE right now continues to to sit right here, like, wow, would you blame him for dropping out and not wanting anything to do with them, you know, at, at the moment? And like you said, uh, pairing up with people like uh, with people that have been in situations like where Logan Paul has been in. Uh, Vince's accusations in general and all the stuff that's been going on all around the company is no, I, honestly, at this point, no. Now, in the, by the time we get to WrestleMania, uh, Raw Rumble season, maybe, and if some of this stuff has died down, some of this stuff may have been resolved or not resolved, whatever it is, he's been removed or not removed, whatever happens, maybe you can move past this. But again, it, as long as the name and uh, the reputation and, and uh, the public and public opinion right now is, you know, hold on, this is shady business going on with WWE, then I, I assume that The Rock is going to continue to distance himself. Yeah, it's a really interesting situation. What we talk about, even with John Cena returning. Uh, and, and, you know, all this going on at this moment in time. But we continue with Raw, with Omos beating Riddle and then running back Qualifier and Rollins attacking afterwards. Bobby got revenge on Theory by squirting liquid in his face. Uh, it did get a pop, as well as a slow motion replay, I suppose, by a lot of people. Dawkins beat main event Jey Uso. Ezekiel and Elias sat down together to finally dissolve Owen's delusion that they are the same person. Owens interrupted Elias' concert to continue ranting. And I tell you what, I wouldn't mind watching Elias' concert. I think I've, when I look at him, I realise how much I kind of miss the character and how much he was kind of misused in a weird way as well. Um, Bobby beat Chad Gable. Then Otis and finally Theory to be number one contender to US title. Gable and Bobby had fantastic chemistry. Give me a match between those two. Uh, Miz TV led to AJ versus Champa. Monty, we got Tommaso Champa versus AJ Styles, and no one gave a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get an entrance. And guess what? Do you know what's hilarious about this? Tell me what in the hell the Miz and Champa got in having common. <laughs> I promise you, I couldn't think of much of anything. Tell me what did they have in common? Because he's been like his iron gun randomly now. So, uh, they're both I, got I don't eyes get it. in their name, I think. That, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Styles did win, and then Oscar beat Becky Lynch clean to qualify for Money in the Bank. And again, we'll be moaning about AEW with the women's division. Uh, with Raw, you're always going to get Oscar and Becky Lynch. Usually it's in a singles match against each other, <laughs> but it is really mm-hmm. good stuff, you know? So it's a kind of, you're going to have the same stars in the same match, but you will have more time. So you kind of got to weigh it up a little bit. Uh, and then SmackDown, June 24th. Uh, Sami Zayn qualified by beating Nakamura. Yeah, remember Nakamura is going to be next in line to Roman Reigns' <laughs> title. <laughs> this is a good match too, by the way. They they are awesome together. Sami and Shinsuke, oh, well, they yeah. have awesome chemistry. Uh, again, but, yeah, anybody wants to watch Zayn and Nakamura, uh, watch uh, Nakamura's uh, debut at TakeOver. That is a... World class match, yeah. I just hope Boogs returns soon, just for Nakamura's sake, you know. Otherwise, it's not going to work. We had a Shanky New Day dance off, and the Viking Raiders returned and are now heels. We got Deville annoyed Pierce, and he put her in a handicap match versus Raquel and Evans. And even though she had Zia Lee and Baser at ringside to help, Sonya still lost. 
Natalia dressed like Ronda Rousey and cut a mocking promo. Uh, the UFC Hall of Fame interrupting tore her down vor- verbally and then thought it was a sneak attack before sending the hill scurrying. Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? So I thought Natalia dressing up as Ronda was actually quite cool. But then Ronda's comments, I was like, fucking hell. You know, can't we? It's a little harsh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know whether or not it's because they're friends that, you know, it's okay for her to speak like that. But yeah, it it did keep, come across quite harsh. I thought Natalia did a really great job. She actually looked a lot like Ronda. Yeah. Um, so I've got to give it to her for like kind of trying to push this story and like push some context on it, you know? Yeah, I mean, someone's got to try, you know, <laughs> Natalia. They've been working hard on socials too. Yeah. On socials, they've been working hard. <laughs> Natalia isn't sort of, you know, trying her best with this, so got to give her that. Well, that, when it had the IC title, Walter versus Ricochet, this should have been longer and on pay-per-view, and it worries me that they're squashing Ricochet. He is too talented. It's it's really strange that we've had two shows where we've talked about Will Ospreay and how good he is and what he can do in the ring, and in my eyes, Ricochet is just as talented and yet it just shows you they're not being used. Would that be fair to say, Monty? I know Will Ospreay is amazing talent, but Ricochet can hang with him, no doubt. Yes, and the thing is, Will Ospreay is kind of, because he has been in a more free environment where he can develop his character, develop his body, and all of that, he's been allowed to kind of, you know, fly where Ricochet is like a cage bird, even though I think they do have a lot in common. And, uh, you know, Ricochet has a lot of potential. But you can see the difference in them is because a lot of time of how they're being used. We don't know what Ricochet could do in certain scenarios, but we know any time in the ring, he definitely could bring it. They were great rivals in uh, New Japan and around the world. They have awesome chemistry together. And I think, like you just mentioned, Ricochet has all the, the potential to be the, one of the faces of WWE, but they don't see that. And how many times have we seen people with great – high-flying or just technical, just wrestling talent, someone who gets it, and WWE don't get them. Mm. I mean, it, it literally, the only person that they've done, worked well with was Rey Mysterio. Like, and I've always said, if, if exactly. Ricochet had the 2002 booking of Rey, he would be a star, because there's no doubt. You know, imagine, right. remember in NXT when he was diving to the outside like a superhero pose? You know, how fucking cool that was, and the stuff that guy could do in the ring. And the other problem is, Volta now has no challengers. I mean, who's next in line for the Continental Championship? <laughs> I mean, uh, Jaxi, who would you have as there? Like, Mad Cat Moss? There's no one, is there? I mean, yeah. I, I guess, like, you could go with Mad Cat Moss, but th- there's not much choice, really, in in that sense. They've not really been pushing anyone, have they? No. That's just like, there, there's nobody. Both Lotharios? <laughs> I mean, I mean... Damien Priest, maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just... I mean, well, don't get me started on Judgment Day because since Edge left, they've been wrestling a main event. I've seen (laughs) Balor... Yeah, segment. segment. So why would they do that and get rid of their most prominent member? What idiots. Honestly, I don't understand. Yeah, they claim to want to go supernatural and they supernaturally disappear from television. Like, <laughs> they, they have... You're bringing the zombie, uh, zombie aspect back in that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Like, it, oh my god! Because like, now that she's injured, so it's kind of been relegated to just Damian Priest and Finn. <laughs> just two guys in black leather. Yeah. <laughs> Talking. Yeah. Is, and they're like, dropping like flies. Yeah. Storyline anyway. <laughs> we are we are in trouble, but uh, we did see Sami Zayn interrupt an interview conducted by Caleb Braxton and Paul Heyman, uh, accused of. Stirring the pot, he then proceeded to put his foot in his mouth, saying he wouldn't cash in on Roman Reigns, but definitely would Brock Lesnar. And the death star from Hay- <laughs> death star from Heyman was brilliant. Uh, it's just Heyman and Zayn, just gold here. Tamina filled in for the injured Aliyah. I guess no people, not that many people, are upset that Aliyah or Numph, as she was known, is injured compared to other stars. But uh, they did battle Shotzi in the Money Back qualifying match, which Shotzi did actually get the win. Pat McCaffrey challenged Happy Corbin to a match. Sheamus and Drew re-qualified for Money in the Bank by beating the Usos in the main event after being told they weren't. But by beating the champions, don't they get a title opportunity now? Or am I confused? Like, surely that would be... Uh, but I do love Sheamus and Drew as a team. And a great uh, dive by Drew as well. And then the Raw go home June 27th. It was all about Cena, but the first match of the night was a last last chance Money in the Bank qualified Battle Royal with uh, a few dozen superstars, uh, stars from the top of the bottom like Riddle, Ray, Dominic, Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, AJ, Ricochet, Ali, Miz, Champa, T-Bar, Shanky. Riddle got an entrance which kind of gave us a clue he would win, considering no one else did. Uh, and no judgment <laughs> day either, but you know, Riddle did get it. The tributes to Cena, well, we got Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels looked so old. Did anybody? Did, did anybody else? Like, <laughs> fuck me, man. That's the boy, the boy toy. <laughs> Had to do a double look to just make sure. Wait, was I? Was I looking right? And you know, Nobody calls him the heartbreak kid. Uh, but just... I've got. And that's it. I'm just a sexy He's granddad. A sexy granddad. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Booker T, Tristratus, Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, but the internet really lost its shit when show <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho all talked about Cena. Uh, again, Tony Khan letting this happen. I thought it was really nice. Uh, Gina, what did you think of AW Styles appearing on Raw to congratulate Cena, even if it was just video? I mean, I don't have a problem with it. At the end of the day, I work in higher education. And if I move my role to a different school, a completely different school, I, I wouldn't be associated with my previous role, my previous school. So for me, when I see... Brian Danielson coming on to do a little speech for John Cena. I see that as a previous colleague sending out his warm wishes to his other colleague. So I don't understand why people have issues with the fact that Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson turned up. I thought it was nice for them. They have history with him. And to be honest, it was nice for the WWE fans to see them come back and, and do that for John Cena as well. So I had no issues there and I thought it was really nice. Yeah, without that, and it's nice that you know, uh, especially Big Show can now shove it in our face because he said when he was with WWE, he wasn't being used at all. And now he can prove us all wrong in AEW. Uh, so, you know, sometimes the move works. Sometimes I guess it doesn't. 
Jay lost again, this time to Montez Ford, who's frog splash. He nearly hit the money in the bank hanging above the ring. Like, how high does someone have to jump to hit the suitcase nearly and try and avoid it? Unbelievable. Uh, Miz got counted out versus AJ Styles. And again, this was quite enjoyable. John Cena met Ezekiel backstage. Uh, Belair and Mella had a chat. I think Carmella forgot her trousers. Monty, did you see? Did you see what Mella wasn't wearing on Raw? Like what the <laughs> fucking hell? Oh, there's kids there. I did see that. I don't. I don't even want to begin. I don't even want to try to attempt to say what, what I think they are. But I'm just yeah. Cool. Yeah, I thought she, she, looked, she looked fabulous. Let's just go with that. Well, the 13-year-old the, the <laughs> boy inside me loved it. Don't get me wrong. But the conservative me was going, well, come on, there's, there's kids in the crowd. Oscar, I give her props. You have to have confidence to rock it. Man. Oh, that, that, I mean, you should see me wearing that. I mean, that, that's, not, that's not a nice look. Uh, Oscar, on commentary, I realise she's great because she's just shouting out random Japanese shit, but I don't care. It's still entertaining. <sighs> Watching Live Me Bliss. Uh, And then we had John Cena coming out uh, to, obviously, Mr. McMahon uh, announcing him. Cena came out and throughout the whole night, like we said, going up to superstars in the back, they all gave him a guard of honour as he made his way to the ring. And he said, this 20th anniversary is very important to me because it means you have allowed me to do this for two decades. Well done, John. Guard. Years, you have created an environment for me to be my true self. I need to say thank you for moments like those. I need to say thank you for making me who I am. Just for your chance, seeing it's not about me, it's about us coming together. This is uh, right, there's a sound of us. We will never give up. We're just getting started. If you want some, come get some. So, I guess no match at SummerSlam. Uh, Monty, what were your thoughts on John Cena? Because I've never liked him more than I have at this moment. It just makes me think I didn't appreciate him. Uh, but then again, back in the day, he wasn't making Peacemaker. So, you know, <laughs> right, right. That's true. He wasn't making Peacemaker. Uh, you know, I, I'm different, man. I, I've been watching Cena since I was seven years old, pretty oh, much. God. So, yeah, I grew up with Cena. So, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask is when, if, you, if you think I'm going to not have positive things to say about him. Uh, but I will say this: He is the goat of. If you want to, philanthropy, his face should be next to that word. <laughs> like he's just like awesome. All the make a wish he's done over the years, what he's done for imagery, and like they said in the video package. I don't know if anybody represents the model of what they want in a company man more than John Cena, and what he do, what he's done for for them. He's it's still no one like him. Uh, they've tried years and years. Even with Roman Reigns, I feel like his allure now is different than what it is for Cena. So, like, they, they tried to make other people Cena, and they just couldn't do it because of uh, what his run has been, been so incredible. And uh, what I will say also, you, I'm glad you mentioned how much you're appreciating him now. All those people who wanted him to go away because it was so much Cena. <laughs> now, when you think about the product right now, most of those people would love to have Cena on their TV screens weekly again. Yeah. So this is that's the beautiful thing about it, to watch the contrast of the last few years, man. <laughs> when you think about the amount of merch, you know, when they said, oh, Cena's number one merch seller, like, to keep that company going uh, in some ways, you know, even when you think about the people behind him being the man. Uh, and it's crazy to think as well, you, to talk about a couple of things. 
first amount of make a wishes he's made. I think the someone has done about three hundred. You know, would be the kind of record at that point in time. Right. John Cena has done uh, doubled it. Six hundred and wishes. Six hundred and fifty yeah. make a wishes. He's done more make a wishes to children than they were in attendance at Slammiversary. Now that, <laughs> <laughs> no, how that same time as well, twenty years. Uh, Gina, what are your thoughts on John Cena, past, present, and future? You know. Um, he's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have an issue with him. He just wasn't my favorite. Um, he was good, and I enjoyed matches and feuds he was in, but he wasn't ever like in my top three. Um, I thought he was good. He set you know a tone, and he he caved his own career. So fair play to him, and I got respect to him for that. He's just not my favorite wrestler. That's all. Yeah, um, I think I think if he comes back for a little feud, um, I still would be happy with that as well. So. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, what about you with John Cena? You, uh, are you disappointed he won't be wrestling at SummerSlam? Um, I mean, yeah, kind of. I kind of like figured they might do something between him and Theory. If I'm truly honest, you know, kind of passing the baton type situation. I, I can't deny that. You know, uh, John Cena was a very prominent figure. And, uh, you know, it was quite entertaining at times. There were times I felt he was just very pushed in our faces. But you can't deny, um, you know, the sort of m- matches that he gave us and sort of like how how much he did do for the company. So, and again, everything that he's done with Make-A-Wish has just been um, so incredible. So, uh, you know, he, he deserves like the, the, his, uh, you know, this this sort of appreciation for him, you know? Yeah, and again, I don't want to mention like a La Rock with John Cena, but these two guys, from what I see in interviews and everything like that, seem like gentle. Now, if it's an act for both of these guys, then fair play. I've been hoodwinked, but I just see even in Make a Wishes with John Cena going, you know, with uh, the Ukrainian kid. I think he went to Netherlands right. to do that as well, you know, and, and with what I've heard from The Rock, you know, and what he's done. It just if it's if it's an act, then they're fooled us all i would say because they just see they're humble <laughs> they've worked hard to where they are and they're you know mm-hmm. they're paying it off now you know yeah for real amen yeah. uh so mm-hmm. we go back to raw and bobby lashley overcame a three-on-one advantage of american alpha and austin theory and the main event was a six women's elimination match for a spot in the women's money in the bank Dearly, Tamina Dewdrop, Becky Lynch, Nikki Ash, and Baszler were given a chance to earn it. Lynch eliminated Zerly and Nikki Ash. Dewdrop dropped Baszler and Tamina, and Lynch hit a manhandle slam off the top for the win. Well, Becky Lynch was never going to miss out on Money in the Bank. And then SmackDown from last night, the Cusby promo featured the men who will compete on Saturday night. But again, only in pro wrestling. Will you start a show with, like, five guys up a ladder for no fucking reason whatsoever? To see Riddle, <laughs> Drew, Seamus, Rollins and Sammy just on the ladders. For... It was just so funny. <laughs> and then, I don't, you know, I don't like Hummus. I don't like Hummus's odds. If he can't climb a ladder for SmackDown, then what the fuck's he going to do for Money in the Bank? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> At least have MVP up there or something. 
I don't understand. Um, we then had The Miz, Corbin, Moss and Ezekiel coming out, leading to a good old-fashioned battle royal. Now, I pissed all over the Raw Rampage earlier, but at least I had a fucking reason. This, when Pat asked Michael, Michael went, it, it's for momentum. Who has a yeah, battle royal for that? <laughs> why are we doing this? Honestly, why? <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, oh, they're going to also, so we haven't wins the last member, but I was like, hold oh, up. Most of these people are in the match already. What's going on? I just, I didn't understand. You understand? And then a drinking game for the next one. Anytime you heard the new vicious Viking oh. Raiders. My God. How <laughs> <laughs> many times? Wow. They attacked the new day. That is the new vicious Viking Raiders. <laughs> Attacking the New Day. Jesus Christ. And then the fact they put the new in there also. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the funny thing is that I'm watching it. My dad walks in and goes, Why have those guys got shields? And I'm like, It's just their entrance (laughs) gear. I can't. (laughs) There's no rhyme or reason. The the Vikings. You know what? This really did remind me of the debut of the Bludgeon Brothers. And I was like, Oh, this is not going to go down well. No, no. Well. We'll see what happens. With At least the they new... had hammers. <laughs> the new they beat them with shields. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, the Battle of Brands pitted Rawls Oscar, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan against the Blue Brands, Rodriguez, Evans and Shotzi. Becky Lynch joined uh, the commentary team. Morgan pinned Shotzi and Lynch attacked Oscar afterwards. Uh, in not a bad match. And then in a special Ask Them Anything in-ring promo, Street Profits and the Usos issued their final thoughts. The Usos denounced the idea of being worried about Roman Reigns' reaction should they lose. Uh, the Street Profits answered the question about the WrestleMania loss. Report said not getting along. Uh, Gina, is this leading now with that being mentioned? <laughs> is there more chance, Gina, of a Street Profits split and winning, uh, being champions again? Um... <laughs> So I noticed this when she asked them that, and I was like, well, maybe I just because I haven't been paying that much attention to WWE, I haven't maybe, maybe I've missed out on a few things because I've not really seen a rift between them. But when Kayla mentioned it, I was like, are they trying to plant something here? Like there's going to be a rift between them at some point. Um, and it, it's funny because their response to that was, you know, we see each other like brothers, and it's like, well, that's great and all, but you're actually facing brothers. So you guys need to have your shit together <laughs> because you're facing brothers who have no choice but to have their shit together. They're stuck with each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, me and, me and Jaxi have fought numerous times. Being twins, we, we don't overpower each other. We have the same power, so it's constant back and forth. But five minutes later, we're we're chatting again like nothing happened, you know? So for, for twins and, and actual siblings, that bond still is there. So even if we're pissing each other off in our tag match, we're probably still going to try and smash this match because I'd rather win it and then fight the bitch after, you know? And yeah. so the street profits, if there is a wedge there, then they got to sort their shit out. But I, I am wondering whether they're going to plant something like that and then act on it so soon. We know how WWE love to drag it out. So I'm, I'm wondering whether we won't see anything go on between them at this Money in the Bank match, but maybe in the following weeks, that's what they're going to start building on. I don't know. 
Yeah, well, there's no doubt Ford is ready. You know, what I've seen of him, the way, you know, he carries himself as well, if he wants to. And it'll be interesting to see what Dawkins does there, uh, sink or swim. But after weeks of teases, Max Dupree finally revealed his maximum male models. And that was the former Mace and Mansoir. Or should I say Marseille and Mansoir. That... I mean, to be fair, <laughs> if anybody can get this over, it's Max Dupree. Uh, but it was so similar to Eminem's entrance. It was fucking stupid. But, Jaxi, what do you think of Marseille and Mansoir? Um, I don't know if it's if it's a, a decent question to ask me that. Because, like, so here's the thing about me, guys. I, in general, just in my personal life at all, I, I don't do well with awkward moments. And when I feel awkward, I tend to shy away and I either have to walk um, or I, you know, do what I do predominantly, which is hide under the table because of my, I'm cringing too much and I can't deal with it, right? <laughs> I couldn't really, I can't really <laughs> say that I've got um, an opinion on this because I just... It, I was so awkward and uncomfortable. I I had to walk off. It, yeah. I just felt sorry for 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 both of those because I feel like they they deserve a lot better, and I couldn't get over my embarrassment of how I felt for them. They might not have saw, saw it that way, and I I hope you know if they if they don't that you know they're enjoying themselves and stuff. I personally I cringed. It it wasn't for me. I couldn't deal with it. Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this guy. I reckon Max Dupree, if they do start wrestling and don't get dropped within a couple of weeks, this is he's going to get this over. You know, I just think the, the, the stupidity of Marseille and Mansoir could actually work. I might be wrong. Um, Monty, what about you? This Help is me. hilarious. I, I, I just, I cut my brain off and I just, I just laughed because this was just hilarious. I can't, I couldn't stop laughing looking at it. And the only thing I have to say about what you said, is it may get over, but what, the, how the hell is any of this modeling going to help them wrestle? Why? <laughs> That's all I have. That's really my only thing. They're no, not going to no, wrestle. No, They're not going to win I, anything. Hang on. Hang on but they will be. But like I said, I feel sorry for you, Jackson. They have tennis wear next week. Yes. Get excited. Mm. Tennis wear. Yeah. Tennis wear. Marseille. Oh, God. It's not going to help them at all in the ring, James. I don't to know be, how they're going to get did it, did it help? Did it help a doink being a clown in the ring, you know? Did it <laughs> Did it help Big Boss Man? Be, you know? Did it, did it help anybody? No. But I think. You know, unless they're just fucking with Marseille. And I don't want to bring up, you know, like Kane at this moment in time, especially what the fucking idiot's been saying. But, like, is he trying to go for like, the record of most different gimmicks before they find successful ones? Because Marseille must think, you're fucking kidding me, tennis shoes. Really? <laughs> Next week. Right, okay. I mean, Gina. <laughs> Gina, come on. Mansoir. It's got to work. I mean, okay, what, what I've got to say on the matter is uh, Mace's hair looks amazing. Marseille, Mace, what, yeah. what is it? Marseille. 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 It, whoever styled it, 
was so did so well because he looked great. But I don't. I still don't know what to make of this. So I'm gonna completely, completely ruin these guys, or they're gonna somehow make it work. Mm. I think the former is actually gonna happen, but. Yeah, it's just I still don't really know what to make of it. I'm a yeah. little bit embarrassed and cringed for them. I tell you what, I tell you what, the, the, uh, what I want, what I need is either a tag match between Pretty Deadly and Marseille or Mansoir or all four under Max Dupree's oh, management. No. That is money. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Um, and then our main event... Uh, Madcap Moss beat Corbin Miz and Ezekiel to qualify for Money in the Bank. Uh, Rumours were Kevin Owens suffered a slight injury. He was going to face Ezekiel on Raw, but now we've given it to Madcap. So, not too bad. So, all that's left now is to run through the card and give predictions. So, if we're ready, we're going to get going. And we'll start off with the United States title match. Now, before we get to predictions, actually, I want to say... Of course, for the emails and everything that we've had, everybody has written down their predictions before we're going to read them out. Is that correct, everybody? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. I don't want any pissy emails from anybody or anything like this. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, uh, of course, the Prediction League at this moment in time is so close. Like we said last week, with a bonus league change, bonus leagues, we've got three predictions of these here in the WNR. Bonus leagues, Gina, Jackson, Monty on six. I'm on 10. The AW prediction leagues, Monty zero, Gina one, Jaxie two, I'm on three. And the W's, Gina's on three. Jaxie, myself and Monty are on four. So a lot could change here as we get to predictions. So we're going to start with the United States title, Fury versus Bobby Lashley. And Gina, you can kick us off. Which way do you see this going? So is this the Fury-Lashley one? Yes, Fury and Lashley. Um, Again, this one's hard because I can kind of see both of them winning um, this match. But I'm going to go with Bobby. I'm just going to go with him. Just put me down for him before I change my mind. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jaxie, who are you going to go for this? Um, I, I'm actually going to go with the opposite. I chose to go with Theory. That's fine. Monty? Yeah, Bobby's look so strong, man. It was really tough. Uh, but I think because of that, Theory gets out with uh, and wins the match through nefarious means, most likely. Yeah, no, i got to say, I'm going to go Fury in that one as well. Much like you guys say, with Bobby being so dominant, especially in like three-on-one situations, makes me think yeah. maybe Alpha Academy could get involved. Or, you know, Bobby might win uh, this match, and Gina might yeah. get a point, because it might be DQ or count-out. So let's not, you know... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, please don't. Honestly, seriously. <laughs> You could say that it's true, and then extend right. it to SummerSlam, you know? Oh, no, you're right. If Fury's not facing Cena now, then... Yeah, you know, where do you go? Yeah, yeah do, you, do you carry that on? So I'm going to say Fury, but, you know, that is very much up in the air at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, SmackDown women's title on the line. Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Um, Jaxie, you can start us off here. 
I mean, I'm going with Ronda on this. Mm. I, I don't, I don't yeah. think it. Yeah, like, I mean, I think the storyline, like I said, Natalia has been doing well, like, to try and, like, draw the viewer's attention. But do I see the, the belt changing hands? No. No. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, it would be a shock, right? You know, uh, one of the biggest shocks ever if Natty pulled this off. Because, uh, like you said, she's doing all, her, all she can to try to legitimize this feud. Uh, but, uh, you know, the clunky promos, all that aside, we all know that Ronda is the chosen one at the moment. So, yeah, I'm going Ronda Rousey. Yeah, but how fucking cool would it be if Natalia sharpshooting in the middle of the ring us, right? and Ronda did tap? That would shock the world. Like, I, honestly, and I, and I look at this and I think... This could be a great match. You know, we talk about how many good matches Ronda has had. Natalia's going to try and give everything to Rousey. Uh, will that change prediction? Right. I, I don't know. Gina, what about you? I mean, yeah, I've got Ronda down for the win, but that would, I, I will admit, that would be totally awesome if Natalia shot the world and just put in a sharpshooter and won it. I would love that to happen, but I'm still going to go with Ronda. The win. <laughs> she did that, you know, one with Sharpshooter and then a Gene Snitsky to Ronda's kid, you know, just the, just a real kind of fuck you moment, you know. I mean, honestly, we don't want to see that. Natalia's <laughs> <laughs> dream, what she dreamt of last night. Uh, we'll move on. Unified tag team titles, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Monty, kick us off. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually had to, you know, think over this a little bit because uh, they they said a couple of things. It was a couple of things during the build that was highlighted a little bit that, like, made you wonder. Like you guys mentioned on the Go Home show, the rift, possible rift. First I ever heard of it. First I've really seen of it. Really, I mean, maybe it's been teased a little bit, but I, if it has, I missed it also. Uh, so, of course, when you mention that, it definitely puts doubts in your head, especially when you're going against the Usos right now. When they seem to be their most united, they're on the, the run of, uh, you know, the biggest and most important run they've ever been on. So, uh, all in all, uh, oh, yeah, also the other thing they mentioned, that Street Profits never had uh, success against the Usos before. So, I was like, ah, oh, usually when you say that, maybe you're going to get the tag team Street Profits, you know, tag team, you know, get the Street Profits a big victory here. So, it's really all about where we think we're going. Do you think uh, they're going to split them up or do you think they're going to keep them together? But I, I don't know. It's just hard for me to see the Usos not walking out of here with the titles. I'm, I'm sticking with them, even though this was really a tough one for me. Yeah, it is really, really tough. And what, what's crazy about it as well, it's been a year, a year at the event, Money in the Bank 2021, where the Usos beat Dominic and Rey Mysterio to become champions that they still are now. Right. Uh, it's going to be tough. Jaxie, what about you for this one? Sorry, for which one? The Usos versus Profits. Oh, of course, I'm gonna. I, I'm just like, no offense, no but I'm just gonna go twins all the way, team twins all the way. So Usos for me. Well, Gina, you the same? Yeah, the Usos. Yeah, I've got to say the Usos with that one as well, because even when they're going, it's three hundred and you know twenty five days. It's like they're gonna get to a year. Like they're gonna do it, you you know, you know. SummerSlam will ask the question, but at this moment in time, right? I think it's got to be uh, the Usos, uh, and we're spoiled for choice because, like I said, we've got three women's matches on the six card pay per view. 
And the Raw Women's title's on the line. Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Um, Gina, what about you? I mean, Bianca Belair, fantastic champion. But Carmella, again, could shock the world tonight. I mean, Carmella could. She is a former champ, you know, and we know she's got it in her to put on a good fight. But do I see her winning this match? No. Um, I've got Bianca down for the win. I, As much as I do like Carmella and how annoying she is, I think she plays her character well. I don't think it's her who's going to win the belt from Bianca um, at this moment in time. I think they want Bianca to go on to SummerSlam with the belt, so... Yeah, well, Bianca Belair is a, I think, a great shout there. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, you mentioned Carmella, you know, is a, is a threat and she has a chance. But the thing is about this, we can't forget two things. She's a replacement, one, so that, that, that kind of makes it tough to want to go for her. And also, I cannot forget that just not too long ago when they brought WWE to Rolling Loud, well, Bianca was destroying Carmella multiple times before she became champion and all of that not too long ago. Like, I, I don't forget that. I know it's been a while, but that does not change. She's always owned Carmella. It's really hard for me to, to think that's going to change here uh, when she's uh, in, in for real Ripley. So I'm going with Bianca. Yeah, I, I feel with the predictions tonight. I mean, obviously, we did Forbidden Door last weekend, and that was pretty similar. But I think with these ones tonight, you're looking at them. And what worries me with W. Payfee when he go, they're quite predictable, and you f- and you just worry that they're going to go right. Let's let's get. They got to do tonight. something, right? Yeah, they're not expecting yeah. it tonight. Uh, so Gina Monty, Jaxi, uh, is it Belair again? Or we're all going Bianca. I mean, yeah, as a queen, I, I I don't see that changing anytime soon. No. What I think is going to be interesting, like I said, those first, those first four, uh, all similar. I think the Money in the Bank match is going to change it. So we'll see what happens. So we've got the Women's Money in the Bank match. We've got Oscar, Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Rako Rodriguez, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. Jaxi, tell me who's going to win the Women's Money in the Bank. Right, okay, listen. I'm I, I'm gonna, I'm going. playing it safe. So I'm, I'm going with uh, Becky to win this, um, win this one. Uh, any yeah. re- any other reason apart from playing it safe? Uh, because of like you know she's got this whole sort of uh, um thing of oh I gave away my belt last time and everything like that and she's just continuously sort of weaving her way into the picture. I could just see sort of um them potentially doing something with Becky where she, she holds on to that case for quite a long while and then will pull an upset um, and cash in at, when we least expect it. So I'm, I'm playing it safe with that with yeah, this perfect. decision. That's perfect. Uh, Monty? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jane. I'm playing it safe too. You know? Oh, fucking uh, hell. I'm going Becky Leach, man. I, couldn't, I did not want to pick with my heart. Liv Morgan <sighs> deserves it. It would be great for her. But that's picking with your heart. She, you know, I just don't. But it's hard for me to believe, especially when they booked the babyface to win it, win the women's one last year, and it was ended up being a bad reign. So it's just hard yeah. to bet against Becky, especially when she's the only one that has an active storyline really going into it. I know Oscar's kind of involved too, but I don't see her winning it. She just won it recently. Uh, Raquel. It's hard for me to see, even though I can see the potential there. And the only one who's a wild card for me is Alexa Bliss. 
Uh, so like I, I think Liv prop deserves it, but I just it's hard for me to invest and go there. So, but uh, yeah, I just went with Becky. I felt like that's that's the one that I that wouldn't burn me. Well, don't forget, Shotzi got pinned on SmackDown, and we you know when you go into Money in the Bank, it's usually superstar that's losing that might pick things up as well. And you know, it'd be big for her though. It'd be big for her. It'd be interesting. Gina, what about you? You gonna play it safe? I'm not. I'm actually gonna take a risk. Ooh. I'm actually gonna go with Alexa Bliss for the win. Right. There you go. See, that's what we like to see. We can put our necks out a little bit. There's no actual real feeling as to why I think she's gonna win. I can't change. But part of me is thinking, um, well, she she kind of has been on a comeback or a sort of return. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with her for that. Yeah. Well, that, that said, Bliss again, like I said, making her way back, coming there. I thought a lot about Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans was my choice a long time my choice, and then I thought the way she's been moved from Raw and SmackDown, it's just they could forget her in a couple of weeks. It's the same thing with Shotzi. I would love Rodriguez winning, yeah. the, winning it as well, but I have played it safe. I've gone Becky Lynch as well. <laughs> <laughs> See? I couldn't know. They didn't give it us it's, a hard time. The, these predictions are horrible because it's like, I want to do it, but I haven't I I will never I be as gutsy as Gina, you know, like that to have the right. balls to literally do it, and it's just I just I I'm sorry I I'm I'm but not genius gutsy Gina. Oh my god, I I am ballless like a Gina. It's just like, you know. I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, honestly. Well, let's see what happens because this could be interesting now. The men's money in the bank match: Seth Rick and Rollins. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Summer Zayn, Riddle, Madcap Moss, uh, Monty. Who is going to win the men's Money in the Bank match? Man, this is what I think. We might have some differences here. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Riddle is really, really interesting to me, man. Like, especially the run he's kind of been on. But when he lost that match, I don't think he could fight Roman anymore. So I'm like, that kind of, you know, makes it weird to pick him. So I, I got away from that line of thought and then went back to my – Trust the old plan is safe. Honestly, this one might not be as safe as I think it is. I feel like I'm also kind of picking with my heart because I feel like he deserves it with all the hard work he's been doing. So I went with self. I, promise, uh, I went with the, the the couple walking away with both the briefcases, uh, similar to what we saw uh, with Britton, uh, you know, Adam winning the belt, yeah. the Owen Hart. So, yeah, that's that was my, my finish. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's hard when you got eight people, seven people, man. Yeah. <laughs> they are celebrating their wedding this this you know this week. So what better one year wedding present than both have money in the bank briefcases, you know? Um Gina, what about you? Have you taken life <laughs> have you taken life finally like the bull by the horns, shall we say? Where what was your pick? Yeah, I am definitely dangling the red the red flag out everywhere. Um <laughs> I've I've actually gone with Rollins for the win. No. So <laughs> if we lose, we're gonna be devastated together. The reason, the reason I've gone for it is because I already I I swear Drew already has a title match at Clash of the Castle. No, that's that's, I that's about that's Drew. Yeah, he's not a good option. Jaxie, Jaxie, what about you? But, yeah, I just definitely think it's gonna be a triple threat at that clash. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't know. Triple threat. Sorry, I had extra information there. My apologies. Wow. I think <laughs> I'm agreeing with Monty. My thoughts were kind of really going with this whole. Well, they did it with Brett and Adam. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm playing it safe with Becky, and I think I'm doing the same with Rollins. But I also know that you know we've got like Roman v. Uh, Brock at SummerSlam, and I could just really see them doing another yeah. WrestleMania moment and have him come in and cash in at that moment. So that also kind of led me to my decision with choosing Seth Rollins. Do you know and what? if he don't do that, I think him teasing Roman will be fun too. Yes, like self, I think that'll be great television. Just him bothering Roman. I mean, I... he could probably them with the option of being able to do that. Yeah, it worries me now because I've not gone Seth Rollins. <laughs> I'm looking at this. I'm thinking Uh-oh. shit. Uh, I have gone for Drew McIntyre to win this match. Okay. Um, you sure so... you're not with your heart? You sure it's not your heart speaking? No, no, no. I fucked it. Don't get me wrong. But we are a little, <laughs> a little bit extra information here because not have we got the predictions for what we've gone for in this match. I was talking as well last time about cashing cards. Now, this is very important information that all three of you are going to have to listen to, okay? So a cashing card, you only get one, right? And basically, it's a cashing card that you give in and you basically say, this person is going to cash in on this date. Now, I'm not asking, don't say, oh, Seth Rollins, February 15th, right? It can be nearer the time, but it can't be... You, you know what I mean? It can't be after the fact, obviously. You can't message or, you know, the group or talk and go, oh, I thought he was going to do it at this point. It has to be beforehand, all right? So each of you will get two cashing cards, one for the women's, one for the men's, and it's down to you guys, no matter where, when, wherever, when. Either message it to the group chat, as we have, and say, this is when I think it's going to happen, or let me know now, you know? Um, because as we speak about it, I'm going to give my cashing cards predictions now. All right? Does everybody understand that? Okay. Yeah? Okay, go for it. So, and again, like I say, I'm going to say now, and people can match up if you want, but let's try a little bit of different, you know? <laughs> Maybe not all just copy each other where we want. So, does anybody else want to play in their cashing cards today? <sighs> Sure, do you know what? I will. You're going to play in your cashing card, yeah? Yeah, I do mine too. You're going to do yours as well, Monty? Yes. All right. So, first up, Jackson. I need my men's one, but not my women's one. Yeah, you can pick either men's or women's. So, first up, Jackson, with your cashing card, what would your choice be? It's probably going to be SummerSlam for me in terms of the men's one. Like I said, that it, that leads to sort of uh, what I was thinking could be the outcome of the men- Money in the Bank match. So um, I'm going to go with SummerSlam for the men's. Okay. What I will say, I'll write that down now, and that's fine because that's your pick. But you can leave it up until the weekend of SummerSlam and say, I want a cashing card you switch it. for this one. You know, if you you can't now, Jaxie, you're fucked. So you've spent SummerSlam's main event. But I will give Monty and Gina a choice if it's further from today's date, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So Uh, I'll give my women's. uh, I think think Becky uh, will cash in 
on Ronda around WrestleMania season or like you know Raw Rumble, you know Road to WrestleMania season. Yep. Do, do I need to be more? Do, no, look, just uh, when, when if you think, like I said, if you get to a week or two weeks before you think it's going to happen, let us know then if you know what I mean. If I want uh, to change it, got you. Well, no, okay. if you change it, even if you say it's going to happen this week. You know, gotcha. because okay. the, Sounds the good. last thing we don't want to do is to go, oh, I was going to put that, let you guys know <laughs> this weekend and it happened on Raw, if you know right. what I mean. Right, right, right. Um, gotcha. So my one is, is quite simple. I'm going to use up both of them now. Gene, I'll come to you in a second. Don't worry. My one is for tonight. Uh, my cashing card, I say Becky Lynch cashes in on Bianca Belair tonight. Ooh. That is what I'm saying. The Lynch, <laughs> the women's match opens up. Lynch wins. Cashing on, on Belair. We've got Belair versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. I'm going to give you my second cashing card because we spoke about it a few times. September 3rd, Clash in the Castle. We always assumed yeah. Drew McIntyre had this match. But what about if it was guaranteed? What good babyface wouldn't win money in a bank and then set the stage and say, September 3rd, I cash in money in the bank against Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. Uh, so that's yeah. my two picks there. So if I get it right, or if any of us get it right, it would be a bonus point, obviously. If not, we're fucked. Gina, what about you? Um, I was just going to say that the men will be cashed in at Cash at the Castle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of choosing the same as you, but going the opposite. And I don't think it'll be cashed in until night of Cash at the Castle. So you think Rollins will cash in, making it a triple threat match between Reigns and Drew, yeah? Mm. Perfect. Like we said, we have got to... Like I said, we'll give you guys... I mean, that's locked in at the moment, but because it's the first time we're doing it, like I said, just notify the group that when you cash in will happen and that will be done. But like I said, I had to say my one tonight because I'll lose it then. I've got no, no other choice. You know, if Lynch doesn't win... Or if, even if Lynch wins and walks out with a briefcase, I'm <laughs> done. And, and leaves it, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. that's why sometimes you can take a chance, and that's what you can't, sometimes you can't, but two points there, and that will help the bonus prediction out as well. Um, so that is it. Is, uh, Monty, anything else about money in the bank, cashing cars, or predictions? Uh, no, this was, this was fun. Uh... That wasn't like I like I told you before. Not always the best build with these shows, but usually the performers, uh, you know, go out there and give us a hardworking, uh, you know, event. So I'm assuming that's what tonight will be. Also, so just can't wait for the show. Yeah, I hope we cheered you up a little bit. I know there's a lot of wrestling going on, but I hope we hyped you up enough <laughs> to get through tonight. Gave me a, a jolt of energy. Yeah, <laughs> I got some energy now. <laughs> um, Jaxie. I mean, you guys will be pissing yourself laughing if the women's match, the ladder match, isn't first. And then they, all the first match is Belair. And then you think, well, he's fucked that tonight. So at yep. least everybody gets a built-in laugh. <laughs> um, Jaxie. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how things pan out. But if if it does start first, let's just say I'm going to be very nervous going into this, whether or not the outcome that you sell is true. So let's see. We'll see. Well, we'll see what happens. But you, Jackson, you're looking forward to Money in the Bank, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there, there's not 
too many, um, you know, sort of matches that are just like, you know, that make no sense as to why they've been added that, you know, they kept it pretty simple. So, yeah, it should be, you know, fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it should, we, we should. Uh, that again, appreciate you being on here, even, you know, trying to fight fit and that. But have we given you an extra bit of excitement for Money in the Bank tonight? I mean, I definitely look forward to it a lot more now than I was earlier today. So we, this podcast has definitely chirped me up for it. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. I look forward to seeing, like, the outcomes now. <laughs> yeah, well, it is so tight with predictions that either one way or the other, someone is going to leave. That's me throwing my pen across the room in anger. Uh, someone is going to leave. It's going to be... Do you know what, Gina? I reckon that Bobby Lashley prediction is going to get you. Uh, as in work out for you. Uh, DQ, count out, some shenanigans or something like that. Yeah. Like, right? Uh, honestly, yeah. When and... you said it, I was like, oh my God, dude. good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gina, if you do, you get the win, you're level, and we're all level going into SummerSlam at the end of July. So that's how close okay. it is. Highly helpful, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we shall see, shan't we? Uh, but that is it for today. Don't forget. Across all social media, Twitter at the Domino Podcast. I'm at the Domino JR, and you can find the entire Domino team on the Twitter banner. Or, Monty, where can people listen to you? Uh, you can go to YouTube, type in Monty's Universe, you know, subscribe to the channel, look at my, my clips on my podcast. Or you can find me at, on Twitter at MindMontyPod. Check out my latest episode where, I, you know, I kind of gave my thoughts, gave deep, went deeper in detail into Forbidden Door. And I also predicted this show. And talk about so much more. So, you know, go give it a listen. I noticed your predictions on that were completely different to the ones you gave on here. <laughs> so, well, people can going to have to listen. Uh-huh. Sure. People going to have to Learn listen the now. Yeah. yeah. The people go, go listen check to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, mate. That'll help you. Uh, Jack, Jaxi, what about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me across both Instagram and uh, Twitter at Jaxi Scarlett. And uh, Gina? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. Excellent. Well, Dobbin are across Facebook and Instagram, across all Google platforms. Send us an email at the Dubbin Podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, Dubbin Podcast, all the latest clips and podcasts at the same time. YouTube is SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, that is it. Our next episode will be the Money in the Bank review show. Is does Wednesday work for everybody at this moment in time? Uh, at this moment in time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Do you know what? That's an excellent point. But right at this moment in time, it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That has been the Subinar podcast for seven years. At this moment in time, we're all right. God knows what will happen. But until then, I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett, the mind of Monty, and the genius which is Gina. That's my fault. I've been changing up the outro. I apologise. <laughs> but that is everybody. Thanks for listening, and bye. Bye. <laughs>